Hi guys, Chris here. Just before the podcast starts, I want to let you know this podcast is recorded live on Twitch on 8pm GMT UK time, that is, on Sunday evening. So if you want to get involved in it, that's twitch.tv slash kangaroofm. The link to it's going to be in the description of the podcast anyway. So come along, get involved in the chat where we can usually answer questions and generally have a bit more banter back and forth throughout the podcast. Um, that's about it. Enjoy the pod. Hello and welcome to the Bad Bookers Wrestling Podcast. My name is Matt and I am your superior host, replacing Mr. I'm at the Cinema. <laughs> superior host? I am the superior host. Um, this, 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 this is a bit Kim Jong-il for my liking, to be honest, so far. <laughs> Bow down to my superiority. Uh, this week, we've got Chris and Toaster. Say hello, everybody. Toaster, you say hello or not? Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I forgot. Yeah, so Toast is trying to be positive for the entire podcast. So, <laughs> well, this might be a very quiet podcast. From, did, did, from did, see, did you say the entire podcast or the stream? Because it would not be funny. Since before, before the stream, you weren't very positive. <laughs> he oh, said the podcast. podcast. I'm going to be a wonderful person on the podcast this week. Some fantastic wrestling to discuss, lads. Cannot wait. There were oily men grappling other oily men. Everybody got excited. Let's talk about it. Let's do this. Yeah, so the, the chat is asking where Tiger is. He's at work, and Smoothman is watching children's films at the cinema with his wife. Wife? Girl? I don't know. Probably. Definitely his wife. I, I don't know whether they're married or not. I don't listen it's to these Definitely people. his wife. We <laughs> have him on Facebook. Smoothman is out with Alice. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Mrs. Smoothman. Okay, uh, so let's get into the news for this week then. Um, and it's been a f- like uh, there's there's a few stories to talk about, but it's a fairly slow week with everything kind of winding down for Christmas. But there are some talking points from some of the shows. So the first thing that we're we're just going to mention, and we're not going to go into it in too much detail is Maranello being a dickhead on NXT and talking about, let's just say, the Irish Troubles. And just, yeah, I like I don't li- watch with the commentary on, but this was a talking point in our DM group, so I thought I'd put it in the news. Did I'm... he say anything, like, deliberately offensive, or was it just him not understanding it? He was just reaching and using historical references when Killian Dane, who's from Belfast, was in the ring. Um, he was trying to add a bit of flavour, and <laughs> it, it may have been slightly ill-timed or ill-thought Insensitive, of. maybe. But if we're speaking of Morrow, can I just say it's fantastic that a commentator who has no wrestling background in terms of physical sport has his own line of merchandise now. That is a fantastic move for him. <laughs> and obviously he's managed to... Uh, create such a positive character for himself that people want to buy merch. Oh, he's got a Mamma Mia t-shirt, hasn't he? Has he? I, he's I got genuinely... a Mamma Mia t-shirt, I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, I'm, all... sure, I'm sure Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness, who both have wonderful wrestling backgrounds, <laughs> have their own lines of merch currently available. 
<laughs> Someone wants to go check. I'm, I'm sure Nigel definitely has some. I would assume on on whatever it's called, pro wrestling tees. Yeah, probably on pro wrestling tees. Nothing official WWE. Surely not. Beth Phoenix must though, because she was a. Did she wrestled at Mania this year, didn't she? Yes. And she was. Yeah, the glamour's on. She had, she had, yeah, I'm sure she had merch. She will have done at some point. Whether she does now is a different thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a bit of silliness on Marrow's part to bring that up as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, don't, I don't get the necessity to keep referring to it because it's not just that. Because, well, did, didn't, didn't Nigel do something like that when, um, when Finn Balor did the 1960? Yes. Like, Can you not? So, yeah. <laughs> with with Baller, because Finn's named his move that, because obviously he wasn't allowed to use Bloody Sunday. So, <laughs> so he went, oh, I'll change it, and changed it to 1916. So because of that, you can sort of understand a little bit why Nigel referenced it. I mean, it gives context to the name, but Killian Dane doesn't say anything about it. <laughs> And that, that confused me. Yeah, he's so he's I, an anguish, angry Irish man, therefore we have to bring up the issues that there have been with angry people in Ireland. And yeah, it I, just... It, I believe the line was something, something he mentioned the Troubles then, he was, it was almost a BNS line, like, he was moulded by the Troubles in the 80s, and I just went, <laughs> why? Yeah. He's just adding historical context to the situation. I, I love how hard you're really, really trying to put a positive spin <laughs> on everything. This podcast is going to be us trying to trying to break that from you. <laughs> Chris, speaking of uh, positive spins, have you got a mod in the chat? Because they, there might need to be a mod just for future. Yeah. I can see a, a downward spiral of where we're going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Paul's a mod, so we got we got Paul in charge. Paul, Paul, Paul does all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in in the highlights of the because I didn't watch the full show. Because come on, um, I uh, there, it, there's just like a half a second snippet reference, and then it moves on. So I didn't exactly hear the full sentence and whatnot. I, it, it's a bit silly. Let's be honest; it's kind of not needed, but at the same time. <sighs> I, I, I guess that he is just trying to sort of flesh out the fuller part of the story. But at the same time, there's no fucking need. You don't need to yeah. do that. I think if, if you're going to flesh the story out, let's keep it relevant rather than talking about some things that might have happened in Belfast when he lived there. It's, yes. it's yeah, it's it's a little bit um, kind of, yeah, just, just a bit silly. Uh, so moving on from this, the next massive thing that's kind of blown up Twitter for the last four days at this point um, is the worked punches at the end of AEW and the kind of shitstorm that has taken across Twitter. So I think the first thing that happened on Twitter was the Young Bucks suspending their account on Thursday um, so that obviously they, they were getting tagged in it a lot because they were in the ring, I assume. Rather than like, was one of them being punched? No, it was Dustin Rhodes that was. Oh, of course, it was not being punched. Yes. So we had the Young Bucks suspending their Twitter accounts so that they don't have to put up with all of the the nonsense that was going on. Um, Then I think it was was it Friday that Tamatonga said that it was Enzo. Yeah, just for shit. And and then Randy Orton, I think as well, said that it was Enzo just because 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 Randy. (laughs) 
you can just picture Randy at home (laughs) sipping from his scotch going, let's fuck with him some more. Um, uh, And Mark Mark Henry was replying saying, fire him immediately. Something along those lines. It's like, bro, a bit harsh, Mark. Jesus. Go on, let, 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 let's see Space Toast put a positive spin on this. <laughs> so, honestly, what I believe has happened is that uh, a young wrestler, um, rumoured to be from QT Marshall's training school, okay. was part of the... I forget what you call them. Extras. I don't know. Yeah, the extras, but they've got names. I forget what you call like the minions or whatever for the Dark Order. But he was an extra anyway. Uh, so he he's obviously been told to hit Dustin. Um, so this is a guy who's coming in probably for one of the first couple of times and he's being told to hit one of his boss's brothers on TV. <laughs> so probably make him a bit nervous already. Secondly, I think, honestly, if it is a new guy like that, maybe it was someone experienced, but if it's a new guy, he might not have even known where Hardcam was. Um, and if you notice what's been done, that clip has been slowed down and extended. Now, that I watched the, yeah. the live clip. It was three seconds. As soon as the camera realized what was happening, it spun off the other side of the ring. Um, you hold your hands up, you own it. Someone has thrown working punches badly from that angle. Had, had the camera been on the other side, they'd have looked fine. You wouldn't have been able to tell because obviously he was going down as if he was hitting them. They're, they're unfortunate working punches. We all know wrestling isn't real, so no one's really hitting each other anyway. Um, but it's an unfortunate situation. Um, with an extension of the box, I believe they've uh, suspended their accounts because they're off. So there's no AEW show this week. There'll be like a highlight package kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're off for two weeks. They want to spend time with their family and friends away from wrestling. Obviously, whenever... I forget the account that initially tweeted it, but there's one account that has tweeted that clip. Um, it's like Bill something or something or other. Um, and it's the one that they're all quoting and retweeting and writing things up. As soon as that tweeted, they deleted or suspended their accounts to get away from it because their tags were getting blown up. Um, personally, if it was me, I'd probably want to get away from any sort of internet shit talking or anything that's going on. Um, spend some time with your family and come back the next week um, on January 1st, I think. See, to yeah. me, I, I get what you're saying, but to me, that sends the wrong message because because it's it's no different than i mean what was it it's the argument of oh seth 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 can't handle it ha ha ha, seth can't handle it and then when it's young bucks it's oh you know please you know please respect them and things like that it's 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 the catch 22 but i guess it's because it's seth but i'll I'll counter that with when moro deleted his account everyone was like yeah give moro space so I, I mentioned it in the, the group chat, and I'll mention it here. Uh, this isn't anything to do negative about Moro, but the fact that Moro has openly admitted to having mental health issues shouldn't mean he gets treated differently than two gentlemen that may or may not have mental health issues and just haven't come out and said it. So if we're not going to shit on one talent for doing it, I don't see why we're going to shit on the other talents for doing it. No, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, as soon as you said Morrow, I knew where that was going. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, alongside that, it it is it is just an unfortunate camera angle. Let's be honest. Um, I mean, there is the uh, there, there's one that's flo- floating around Reddit at the minute from Jericho and Omega, 
when it's literally just they are they are side on and you can tell they're about four about a foot away from each other whilst hitting it doing doing the old Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens part where they're both holding and just hitting each other side to side over and over very quickly. It's flowing around Reddit now. There's um, a load of Shane ones as well. Hmm? Oh, oh, Shane's one on Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and there is one from Ronda's match with what did you call her? Uh, she's one of the wrestlers. She was in one of the wrestlers. No, she was in the faction with Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Yeah, the Ruby Riot match. Like, uh, I think Ronda swings for Ruby and doesn't hit, and Ruby spins off as if she's been shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there are clips like it's happened on other shows. It is just an unfortunate yeah. thing. It's going to happen. It happened on their live going away mid-season break, whatever you want to call it. It's just but, unfortunate. But they need to own it. It, 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 I'm sorry, but you need to own this shit and then move on. And in, 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 instead of going dark with it, it just adds to it. Because as soon as they reactivate their accounts, it's just going to be flooded over and over and over again, isn't it? More yeah, than more than yeah. But I, I think toast as well. It, it people really are just trying to bring up, make controversy for controversy's sake with this. Because like you say, it's it it happens over and over again in other promotions and. It's it's a, an extended clip. It was it wasn't even. I don't even think it was the three seconds that they were on the hard cam before. No. It's 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 two punches, and they were just lightning fast, just kind of like you pretending to punch somebody on the floor. It's just it's all blown out of proportion because there's people like us on the internet, and I'm not saying we're part of it, but I think it's, it's fucking it's, funny. It's your smart marks on the internet going. Haha, we we've we've we can see through your 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 fake bad wrestling, and it's just it's 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 making something of nothing. Of course it is. It'll it'll, it'll be on Botchamania. It'll be hilarious in its own way, and then hopefully it'll be a line drawn under it, and then you know move on. It, yeah, it's, and, and that's it's a tiny botch, and it's not a dangerous like we we see dangerous botches all the time. There was one Candice nearly killed. Was it Io Shirai or Mia Yim like three weeks ago? One and nearly killed herself in the match as well. Yes. It's just. Like on on the scale of botches, this is this is pretty much nothing. Oh no! It's, oh yeah, it is nothing. It is in theory probably just someone trying to protect Dustin more than anything because he was bleeding at the time. Yeah, yeah. but so yeah. he's had his head busted open, and instead of like moving down and punching him on the shoulder, he's just thought, right, well, just there's no camera there. I'll just punch past and not realise that he was on the hard cam side. It's a little bit unfortunate. It's it's nothing really that needs any sort of like issues to be blown up it's just because twitter is twitter and mm. they have to they have to find some form of controversy and i think the other thing that doesn't help this is as much as the dark order vignettes i've enjoyed the last couple of weeks i, I don't think the dark order are getting over and i think that probably doesn't help when it's the dark order that are doing this no it doesn't help it doesn't help them unfortunately I don't- I'm not particularly invested in the Dark Order at the minute, but I think it's going to lead to something interesting down the line. And I think the fact... I'm kind of jumping the line here because it's going to be a bit about AEW. Um, so obviously two of the guys were given the purple masks. And there was a third gentleman that already had the purple mask in the ring that wasn't Uno. And if that is who it's rumoured to be um, and who it's been linked to be, if you watch like Being the Elite and stuff, and I know you guys don't, it's going to look like they're going to turn Brandon Cutler against the box, which will make it even more personal. And then 
if they develop it by linking all these join stories together, it could be something really good. I think at the minute we're looking at the story in the middle of it. It's kind of looking at heart surgery in the middle and it looks like murder. Um, I think it's going to take time to develop and see where it goes. It could still be a shit show at the end, but I think it might actually develop into something decent. Yeah, and and that's fair, but at the moment people are looking at the Dark Order. They don't really understand what it's supposed to be. And we're, what, 14 weeks into AEW TV, and they debuted on two or three um, pay-per-views before that, and we still kind of don't understand what the Dark Order is or what they To me, it slowly starts to look a bit like Aces and Eights. If they do it, Aces and Eights was good for a time, and then it dragged on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and then it was shit. But if they if they can do it, and still keep it relevant and it not it, it's it's a very fine line to tread in a sense that you have you you have to give them exposure you have to give dark order exposure otherwise when they do debut properly in full full dark order mode then i go well, what the fuck's this we don't know anything about it uh but at the same yeah i i i kind of get what toast is saying where it's just a bit of a cluster at the minute and then it, if over time it can come out yeah hopefully it can be a good thing so, again, I don't want AEW to fail. I don't want them to be shit. I just, uh, it's just. <sighs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Declan's saying he's interested in the Dark Order. I mean, I'm just sort of, I'm fifty-fifty at the minute on it, right, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there are people out there interested. I just don't think it's got the the same good feeling behind it that a lot of the stuff on AEW does. I just think that there's a lot of people that don't kind of quite understand what's going on and. I think if if it pays off at some point, we'll look back at some of the things and maybe get a better understanding of what was going on at the time. But at the moment, it just seems a little bit chaotic. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so moving on from uh, AEW, we'll go back to NXT. Um, somebody shouts at Io Shirai, go back to China. And she gives the best response I've seen to a heckle in God knows how long by shouting, I'm Japanese, bitch, and then doing the splits. <laughs> it, it's, it's up there with Jericho, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that level. Fucking brilliant. It's, it's just, it made, like, uh, the video is like seven seconds long, the one that's going around Twitter, and it just made me crease because it's just, yeah, fuck you, piss off. It's fantastic. Good old heckles. I've got nothing to really add to it, to be honest. It, it, it's just funny. Yeah, there's not much to add to it. It was fucking yeah. hilarious watching how quick she is. Considering as well that like English isn't her first language and she's learning on as she goes. Turning yeah. around and going, I'm Japanese, bitch, and then doing her splits has like fair play. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it was just one of those good good feeling kind of stories. Uh, so next we've got the revival pictured with private party on Twitter. Yeah, um, it's it's not really news. I think it's just Bailey and Sasha are there as well. Yeah, I think it's just the revival probably trying to play WWE and AEW off against each other to get some decent offers. I feel that they're probably going to go to AEW, but yeah. uh, obviously the the whole thing is because. 
Dash was injured for two months whilst Dawson wasn't, I think. His contract runs out two months after. And they'll also have a 90-day no-compete clause as well. Oh, no, 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 that, that's if there's a release. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, if it's end of contract, you don't have the 90-day yeah. no, but it would mean that one of them is not in the company for two months whilst the other one is. Neither of them will get any wrestling at all in that time. They'll be able to go away and do training and stuff, but they won't be able to do any indie shows. Um, I would imagine they'll do a run on the indies before they go to AEW, but they might just go straight there. Um, but this this was just kind of another, it's wrestlers playing on the smart mark kind of thing of tweeting a photo of themselves with people from the other company um, to try and get a little yeah, bit they're of just it. playing the game. They're smart, they're smart themselves at the end of the day, let's be honest. So they're just yeah. playing the game, aren't they? Yeah, um, and it be interesting to see what happens. Go on. I didn't know Sasha was there, but was Sasha being there? This is the House of Glory link because obviously Sasha was in House of Glory with Amazing Red and yes. uh, Private Party. So that'll be where the link is, and they'll have just been hanging out and thought, "Fuck it, anything that's good for Randy is good for us." Let's throw out a wee tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah, because yeah, it's a photo of them four, and then ten minutes later, there's a photo with them and ba- with, with Sasha and Bailey going, oh, "Hello" in it as well. So yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, what did you call her? Tessa Blanchard tweeted out the picture of her and Becky as Rosebuds. Yeah. And added Becky as well. So there's another resort I just. Yeah, yeah, there's a little back and forth on it. Not much. There was a little bit of back and forth between. Nothing turns to be. Yeah. If the revival end up in A-Dub, I want Arn Anderson managing them. <laughs> it's what I want. I want to give another old fella a job. Tully's there doing already. Give fucking Arn a job and have them feud with Sean. Give me what I want. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see the revival go to AEW. I'd like, personally, I'd like to see the revival do a six month stint in New Japan first. I'd like to see them actually, like, there's some guys that I think they could have great matches with in New Japan. I know New Japan don't have a good tag division, but I think they've got good wrestlers that work as tag teams every now and again that they could go up against, have a good run with, and then move across to AEW. But I just kind of want to see him... Away. I just kind of want to see him be bastards in the Bullet Club. I just... I can't... like When I look at New Japan, and they're going to get heated for this, but they don't have a tag division. Like, no, they uh, don't. They've got the gorillas of destiny. I love gorillas on the mic. I love gorillas shout fans. I love the theme song, but I love the gorillas on the Twitter. Game, they're kind of <laughs> eh. It's like Bray, like Bray's gimmicks class, but in the ring he's a bit. He's there. It happens. Um, Evil and Sonata will probably break up soon because I think they're getting ready to strap Sonata to the moon. Yeah, and put him up into like the Okada, Naito, all them boys. Um, I don't think there's much of a tag division in New Japan anymore for the revival to go and wrestle. Uh, just in my opinion, I know. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see what they do against um, Osprey and his mate. I forget what his mate's called. Robbie. Robbie yes, Eagles. Yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd like to see just because obviously their their whole thing when they were allowed to be a thing was uh, no flips, just kicks or whatever it was. Fists. Your fists. That's it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them go against those kind of guys in New Japan. But at the same time, you're right; there isn't really a full-on tag division there. There's a, a tag team and a couple of singles guys who tag together occasionally. So yeah, yeah, maybe just 
straight into AEW where you've got the best tag team wrestling without question. Plus, anything they can do, Osprey and Eagles, they can do with about six tag teams in AEW who all do flippy boys anyway. Yeah. I mean, Private Party is the first one that is literally just flippy, 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 isn't it? Private Party, the box, Lucha Bros, like Paul said there. So, right, there's just there's too many flippy boys. So just throw them in there and let them fist it. Flippy boys. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd like to see them go in, be booked strong, and maybe even take the championship inside six months. But um, I've no idea what's going on with that championship now because, obviously, um, spoiler alert for when we get to AEW later, but the, the Bucks didn't win this week, so SCU is still title holders. Establishing mm-hmm. SCU. Um, SCU are a decent team, and it's well known. Well, it's known now, anyway, if you listen to the commentary. Frankie and Scorpio and Chris are best mates of the box. They can go to their Christmas house and stuff. So yeah. technically, that'll lead to more jobs for the boys. But SCU have been an established team for years. Well, Frankie and Chris have. Obviously, Scorpio got out of it. Chris Chris getting a bit old. But trying to establish a team, I can understand why the box probably should have won it in terms of establishing the box as a dominant force. But for some reason, they're choosing not to do that at the minute. I will say that one of the things that it, they've been kicked about the January thing when they reset the points, I think that's when you're going to see like almost a full reset of what they've done for the first couple of months. Whatever's worked will stay, and whatever hasn't worked is going to get pushed to the back burner, and other things will get pushed forward. So, yeah. so, so, do, would would you say that Hangman and Omega are going to stay as a tag team then? I don't think so. I think that's leading to Hangman Omega feuding. Yeah, I I can't see them sticking as a tag team. I think we've got the animosity thing, haven't they? So. Yeah, and I know it's all been built on being the elite in the moment, but they're starting to get it in. Like, we'll get into it in the match later. But there was, there was it. Hangman Page gave a bookshop lariat to um, Omega or whatever he calls his version of the fucking uh, clothesline. Yeah, the bookshop lariat. Yeah. Um, so part of it might be me fantasy booking and wanting to happen. But the more I look at what's happening in AEW, it's all leading up to Marty arriving in March and having a huge impact on the playing field. So I think so I'm, I'm I'm happy to see. So why why is he got to wait till March? So he could technically show up anytime, but yeah. the theory is that they're going to wait for uh, Harper. Yeah, yeah. Um, to come in with for him to come in with the two Brodies as his muscle, so he'll have Brody King and Brody Lee with him. And I think Flip might be near March. I know Flip's in the next six months anyway. So if those four show up as villain club and reveal that the box left uh, Flip and Marty behind when they created and all that animosity, and Hangman joins them because obviously they've left Hangman behind. They've all went on to be successful. And he's been the sort of tag along, and he lost to Jericho, and they weren't there. And it's there's a lot of long potential long term storytelling that's been with them. Yeah, uh, they sort of pick up on anyway. They have done in the past, so it's sitting there. There's crumbs waiting for them to brush that into a huge story, which is why I don't want to write off uh, the Dark Order yet because I think it's also got stuff that maybe we're just not seeing at the minute. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and the last couple of new stories. Uh, the first one is Killer Cross, who we've mentioned a couple of times, is now a free agent. And um, there's lots of NXT. room. He's agreed a match with MLW for February, so he's not going to NXT any time soon. Ooh. 
he's been announced for their mid-February show. What I will say is there's a lot of wrestlers across between MLW and AEW at the minute, like MJF, Havoc, a couple of other boys. So there's potential for that. Or he might just go to MLW for a while and sit yeah. down there with Brian Pillman Jr. and the Hearts and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, obviously he's kind of the, the the hot free agent right now. Um, and it's going to be interesting to kind of follow and see where, where he goes. I know... Um, he's in the perfect position now, isn't he? He got he he will have offers from AEW and WWE, no doubt. And his missus is in NXT, so yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. you want to talk rating ratings? In yeah, the, the, the only other thing that we need to talk, well, we don't doesn't need too much talking about, but NXT have won the ratings for I think the second or third time. Um, they they did a seven ninety seven hundred ninety thousand. AEW took a significant drop down to 680, um, which I think was a 12% drop on last week, and NXT went up 2%, I believe. Um, and just for the, the the people who've been talking about the key demographic um, of the 18 to 49 years old, this is the first time that NXT has won that demographic. Well, can I say that it's due to the card? It was, but NXT this week was a fucking takeover. Yeah, NXT's card was... Like, I watched it, and usually I watch NXT and sort of drift away a bit from some of it, but every match on it was takeover worthy. Even yeah. the Io Shirai match, which was a glorified jobber match. Yeah. yeah. I think the girl she was fighting Santana I think she's like a coach, sort of similar to Cassius. Um, yeah. But all the matches on the card were fantastic. It was yeah. well booked, they had well advertised out the Finn Balor, Adam Cole, the Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler. And I think Finn Balor, Adam Cole was booked perfectly as well. It was booked with Finn being like undefeated since he had came back. So a big chance of a title change and then obviously there there is one minor little thing. Uh it's not in the news, but um tonight uh, airing tonight on the network is Seth Rollins three six five. Um and I know Hmm? nobody cares about Seth Rollins. No, but what it does is it addresses a lot of the shit that went down in the summer with him on Twitter. Which is an interesting thing to look at. I wonder how they. I wonder how he's because he's they're very much addressing. He's very much addressing it. It's in the advert for the fucking show, where he's talking about what went down at SmackDown, uh, SmackDown at uh, SummerSlam, and and how he was behaving on Twitter and things like that. And I think it may even address the Will Ospreay stuff. And so it's going to be interesting how they how how that comes across. Um, three six five isn't kayfabe. It's 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 IRL stuff. So. I'm They've done some, some of them have been like half kayfabe, half IRL. Yeah, I oh know. Daniel, I oh know one of them was dead. Yeah, yeah, one of them was. Um, I can't remember. The, Am- Ambrose's one was no. Ambrose's one wasn't three six five. That was a chronicle. That yeah, was, that was a chronicle. Chronicle's um, only what two months, isn't it, or three months? But yeah, I'll be very interested to see how they play that off. Honestly, I won't watch it. I'm not interested in anything to do with Seth Rollins. Um, that's just me. Like, if, if okay. people are interested in in Seth Rollins or interested in hearing his side of the story, but it, yeah, um, I, I tend to watch all of the three six fives. Um, it be, be it be it someone I wouldn't care about or someone that I would because I'm just, I'm still fascinated about the inner workings of of wrestling, in particular WWE and how it all works behind the scenes. I'm fascinated by that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is it is interesting. I just shut I, up. I, 
I can't like I spend too much time watching wrestling as it is. This week I started watching the Road to Wrestle Kingdom, and like I I don't have time to watch all of New Japan, all of AEW, all of NXT, the key parts of Raw and SmackDown, and then watch all of the network output as well. Um, I get it. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit difficult. Shall we get into a, a review of the weekend wrestling? Well, I mean, in theory, we should do the predictions for TLC. Yeah, so let's. I mean, should we do the predictions first and then. Um, I don't really want to talk about the show. We're going to talk. We have to talk about the show. There's not much to talk about, but there are bits that we do need to talk it, about. It happened, and then someone was medically potentially hurt. No, yeah, yeah. I, I will talk about Kyrie Sane, and that's pretty much it. Okay, so um, in terms of the predictions, um, we had a Smoothman victory um, for the Woo! third time this year. Second time this year, so he's got two so, victories. Yeah, second outright victory. Best word, votes. Yeah. Um, and in second place was Chris. So Smoothman got six. Uh, Chris and I both got four um, with a joint kind of victory. I'm so gutted that Mojo Rawley and No Way Jose didn't come out to face the Viking Raiders. How the fuck Smoothman got the OC, man? (laughs) How the fuck did he manage to do that? Yeah, and then um, we had a joint loss between Toaster and Jack with three, um, which, bearing in mind, I was completely drunk and coming out with shit like No Way Jose and... Mojo Rawley, you guys need to be ashamed of yourself. The thing is, Matt, is you talk a lot of sense when you're pissed. I mean, you have no filter when you're pissed, but but you you talk a lot of sense. Mafia, I think you talk a lot of sense all of the time. I no, I don't. I don't, not at all. <laughs> Come, I'm fine with that. I'm definitely one of them. Lovely like... gentlemen. <laughs> so go on then Matt let's talk about TLC yeah, then so TLC um, what happened so we opened with a pre-show oh, fuck Matt. off no 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 we are not Humberto. we are not in a bleacher report of the fucking TLC <laughs> Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade I didn't watch it because I'll it's drop pre-show the call. Matt <laughs> again yeah um, so pre-show happened nobody cares yeah. uh, we had a ladder match for the Smackdown Championships, which was a retention, was it? I'm doing this from memory now because I've yes. just closed the spreadsheet and I need to open it up again. Yes. Um, then we had Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, which nobody cared about. Don't care about the result either. Alistair Black, Alistair Black win. Yeah, nobody cares. The I, Viking... I, 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 miss, I miss the NXT Alistair Black. Remember that, 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 that fucking streamable link I sent you? Yeah, because Alistair Black was actually booked well on... NXT, and then yeah. he came up the main roster, and yeah, it was for, fucking... For, for those of you unaware, um, on Reddit, they've been doing a, a chronicle of certain events in the past that I've reacted to by the, 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 the Reddit site, Squared Circle, and um, they did one for the whole Champa and Gargano angle, and there's one bit that I completely... I, I say completely forgot about, but Alistair Black was basically thrusted into this feud because he was attacked and blah, 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 blah. But then he comes back to the ring. Nikki Cross is still doing her, oh, he's here, he's here, he's here thing. As Black just fucking annihilates everything. He black masses everything. 
and then comes to the ring and then gets distracted by um, going up to William Regal and then Gargano hits him. And I just completely forgot about that angle. Sorry, as you were. I have a theory. A theory? Come on, theory me. daddy so, I think a lot of wrestlers have previously been overhyped by NXT. No. Bear with me. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I believe yeah. that NXT, when it was a one-hour tape show, was able to Paul Heyman slash ECW a lot of stars. So it was in a one-hour tape show, they could highlight all of the star strengths and hide a lot of their weaknesses. And I think whenever those guys go up to the main roster, there's not as much someone willing to take that much time to protect stars. And they're kind of like, at start, Vince is like, right, go sink or swim. And it leads to wrestlers being put into situations that they're not necessarily comfortable with, i.e. comedy angles that Vince finds funny and stuff like that. And I think it's why we see a lot of guys come from NXT with a lot of hype and have to sort of sink or swim in the sort of stuff that like Moxley or Ambrose described, like him getting paired off as, what, what was it? He's just a wacky guy or whatever that was. Yeah, I think no, but there was a specific term. It, it, I can't remember what it was, but he kept rambling about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it, including Alistair Black on NXT, was brilliant because they didn't have him sit and cut 15, 20 minute promos. They didn't put him in situations where he had people knocking at a door. It was kind of Alistair Black came, kicked ass, crouched, done his wee pose, mm-hmm. and ran it out. Whereas. Now he's being sort of, right, you're on the main roster. This is what you're working with. Go show me what you can do. And if they do stand out of that, they'll get pushed. I think it's sort of where Andrade is as well. I think Andrade's fantastic. But I think Vince and maybe the guys above Triple H are looking at it and going, right, show me what you can do in the main roster, and then we'll put the machine behind you. I I sort of get what you're saying, but of every single person that's been, uh, that has come up from, NXT, tell me one other than Seth Rollins that is still at the top of the card. Roman Reigns. Was he ever on NXT? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was in okay. NXT. Uh, but but he, was, yeah. he wasn't like a top guy in NXT at all, was he? He wasn't a top guy in NXT. He was a heel in NXT for a little while. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens isn't in the top of the card. Yeah, he I is. Mean, Seth Rollins. You just said Seth Rollins was top of the card. Yeah. Yeah, Seth Seth well, Seth Rollins is going for a mid card title. I was talking about like earlier this year. Seth Rollins was top of the card. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's another. Was he Bray Wyatt on there? Yeah, Daniel Bryan was on NXT. Yeah, but that was yeah, when that's it was a, a TV show. That don't count. <laughs> um, Braun was for a little while. He was a rosebud. Braun was a top guy for a little while, and then and then they fucked it. Then they fucked him up with it. But I mean, yeah. I, I I think they're scared of putting a machine behind anyone because of the Roman effect. Yeah, because but... of how badly when they put the machine behind Roman, it fell off so dramatically uh, that they are scared to put the machine behind Andrade or Gargano or Champa or Velveteen Dream when they eventually cross him over. Uh, okay, Alexa Bliss is actually a good. Alexa shout. Bliss is a it's good a shout terrific shout. That she hasn't gone for a title this calendar year. Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, ninety percent of the roster yeah. is currently NXT alums. Yeah, so you for me, for me, you've got the women's division fair enough, 
But all like everybody who's come up, certainly in the last five years from NXT, the likes of Finn Balor went to the top of the card and then got shoved down. You got Samoa Joe never really fair. got to the never really got to the top of the card and kept getting shoved down. You just got ev- and then after that, every single person that comes up just gets shoved down and shoved down and shoved down and shoved down. I get it to the point where they, they like they're not coping with anything that comes up anymore. Anything that gets promoted. Just Vince decides that no, you can't be top card anymore. So I, yeah. No, I, I I get what you're saying, and in the chat, I I do agree. The the but the entire of the women's division is basically from NXT because because there basically wasn't a women's division before NXT took it seriously. Yeah, um, there and, wasn't. And I would the accept- Bears don't fucking count as a women's division. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Um, okay, you got. Let me see. But you've got Sammy, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are pretty much mid-carders these days. Kevin is, Kevin, Kevin's Kevin been pushed up to the top of the card now. KO is on his way back to the top, but he's not been at the top. He's not gone for a title for two and a half, three years at this Finn, point. Finn was well, unfortunate. He's taken one of them home for like three, two and a half out of the last three years. Finn yeah, was unfortunate. Top and, yeah. Finn, Finn. Big but, E. Big E's a fucking tag team wrestler who... Gyrates, he's not a top he's, you can't call him a top guy he's a top merch seller but he's not a top guy so Matt, in your opinion who are the top guys in WWE like who do you count as top guys so the, the one you've all missed, the answer was Baron Corbin, because That's he is a top heel and also NXT alumni I'm not got... that. Like, I'm sorry you're not calling Baron Corbin a top heel and then saying Kevin Owens is mid card. but Baron Corbin gets title opportunities. Kevin Owens doesn't. Yeah, but that that's that's unfortunate due to the position that the that the title's in now. You can't have Kevin Owens successfully defeat the Fiend even uh, at the moment. You could you could you can't inject him into that feud because at the moment you've got the Miz and Daniel Bryan in that feud right now. You can't and he can't go for Raw because he can't. Well, I can't, I can't remember who the fucking champion is. Who is the fucking champion? Lesnar. Yeah, but I, I literally <laughs> couldn't remember who the champion was for a second there. Yeah, but so so what is the top of the Raw card at the moment? Is it this Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins feud that Kevin Owens wasn't yeah, even there? Right now he, it is. Right now yeah. it is. Yeah, maybe. No, no, okay. no, no, no. There isn't a maybe about it. It is the top of the, it is the but top they, of the card. I, the I would argue there's nothing that that's, I would I would actually argue that Lana, Rusev and Bobby Lashley is the top of the Raw card. Oh, no, Rusev is NXT. <laughs> Rusev is NXT, but he's never been pushed. No, 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 I know. I, I do want to say that Rusev was pushed. Obviously, he came into came into WrestleMania on a fucking tank, but no, uh, obviously he's been sort of dropped and ignored. And I, and I, I, I get the point that I, I get what Matt's trying to say in a sense that a lot of the guys they just they they bring them in and they don't know what to fucking do with them. They have no idea. So, yeah, so, and, so, so then they are left to flounder and then just pick up any old piece of shit storyline that they can just so they can try and make something of it. When at the same time, it, it, you can't, in a, in a situation, beggars can't be choosers. So Alistair Black is not in an, in, a, in an authoritative position or enough of an authoritative position to be able to go, Vince, I'm not fucking sitting behind a door while they knock on it. That's just fucking stupid. What are you talking about? You weirdo. They, they're not... You know he's he's so, not able to do that yet because he's still. Oh, sorry, Vince. Sorry, sir. Um, 
it, it's a difficult position to be in. The Alistair Black thing, the worst part of, of it is, he wants people to pick a fight with him. Why doesn't he just open the fucking door and go and pick a fight with somebody? Yeah, you, Just stop being a dickhead. Get out of the fucking cupboard and go and pick it. If you want to fight, go and pick a fight. You're supposed to be a hard man. Remember when Strowman was over? Remember when Strowman was over as fuck? They killed Strowman by giving him the Money in the Bank title. Yeah. Last was that last year? Yeah, it was last year, wasn't it? And you could argue that they're sort of do. They, I mean, they're not. Do, there was there are still concerns that they're doing that with the fiend now because they gave him the title so early. Yeah, well, they they ruined the fiend. They haven't ruined the fiend yet. It's ruined not ruined the... yet. No, it's not over yet. It's it's nowhere near as over as it was true. when before he got the title yeah, and true. before that Hell in a Cell match. They've they've certainly killed a lot of their own hype for it already. But, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of having Bray Wyatt and The Fiend as two separate entities. I do like that idea. Yeah. I, 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 there's a little nuance. That I, I kind of wish that Bray Wyatt came out to a lighter, happier version of his original theme instead of the Firefly Funhouse one. But that's just me. That's just nitpicking. Um, because uh, I disagree with Toast. I think his in-ring work's fantastic. Hey. But, um, uh, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Oh, because it's all character based. It's all little okay. tiny nuances. Like instead of Iris whipping them, he fucking flings them by the back of the neck when okay. he's a fiend. So what I'll say to you is, if you had a choice between watching like a thirty to forty-five minute Bray Wyatt match or a thirty to forty-five minute AJ Styles match, what what are you watching? Uh, there hasn't been a Bray Wyatt forty-five minute match. No, uh, but it's about okay. yeah, if, an AJ. If, yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean. So I love Bray's character. I loved him when he was the cult leader. I love the current one. But what I'll say is, I love it up until I have to go and watch him fight Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Oh. And go, what is this? I think you realize oh. that Bray is average to good in ring. Yeah, I... and that, that's that's not that's not me slamming Bray. I'm not trying to say that's like fine. I give Bray's in ring work. He's average to good. He's passable to good. But he's not of this level where if I hear, oh, there's a brave white match on YouTube, I'm going to go watch it. Whereas no, if I get it. an AJ match, I will go watch it because AJ is class. He's had Do one or two standout matches. That is, to me, one of them was his match against Cena, his first match against Cena. I really liked that. When he did the first, he did, he did the sort of upside down thing for the first time, and John Cena shat his pants when he was trying to do a five knuckle shuffle. Shuffle? Yeah, that's one. And he had a really, really good match on a pay-per-view against Daniel Bryan. It was either... It might have been Rumble, I think. It was, like, the first on the card. And he did assist Rabigail into the fucking barricade. And, uh, yeah, uh, that just... He has had some good matches, but... I guess... I, I do see what you mean. He doesn't really have long matches, does he? Yeah. No, because he's protected in that way. Because he is over as a character. And he always is. Whenever he gets the push, he's over. Because whether it's the cult, or whether it's neither fire flung, but they're fun... Yeah, that one. Fly, fly. Um, <laughs> it's like, do we kill the Golden Goose by making him have a 20-minute match? No. Because, as you say, the stuff that people like about his matches are the little nuanced stuff, like the spider pose and all that. But if you constantly see that, it's why Bray doesn't wrestle every week. If you constantly yeah. see that, that just becomes the new five-knuckle shuffle. Yeah, and then okay. Cena five moves of doom, where Cena was overexposed by wrestling every week. And I think that's why Bray, like, he has his fire fun house segment and then he maybe doesn't attack or he cuts a promo because he doesn't need to be in the ring every week because i think you're gonna see him in the ring a bit more as bray Wyatt in a cardigan no i think you're gonna see it now 
Bray Wyatt in cardigan in the ring. I, I... He won't get in the ring outside of pay-per-views in will, the next 12 months. I will predict this. If they get him in the ring regularly as Bray Wyatt outside, he will, his character will die. Yeah, I know it will. And they will treat the Fiend in the similar sense that they treat Finn Balor and the Demon. Well, kill it off completely. Pretty much. <laughs> well, no, well, no, I mean, not now, but I mean, back back when it was a thing. No, but that's what they did. They like they made it where he used to do it every pay-per-view in NXT for it off with every takeover was every three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, not every main roster baller match has to have it. And that's when they were pulling back from Baller and sort of stopped pushing it and stopped caring about his character. It was, yeah. oh, go lose to The Miz. Not that there's anything wrong with The Miz, I'm just naming it around the wrestling. Go lose to Dolph Ziggler. Go lose to Ziggler or go lose to Bo fucking Dallas on a pay-per-view or something. <laughs> and at that point, you're watering down Finn in his worth and the audience is seeing him lose to people that aren't necessarily top of the card. So it's like, why should we... Invest yeah. in this character if you're not going to invest in him. He, he was just unfortunate. He got the title and got injured by Seth. Exactly. It's just unfortunate. It's the Ali situation, the Mustafa Ali situation, where, you know, if it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have had Kofi Mania. And the world would have been a better place. I disagree with you, but that's fine. We wouldn't have had 25 pointless gauntlet matches on the run-up to Mania. But that was the whole point of it. That was the literally the whole point was 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 Vince was throwing him in gauntlet matches because that was the lead up to the event. Can I ask you a question? If he lost don't. the second of the matches in the gauntlet, would the guy who beat him have had to continue the gauntlet match, or would they have just stopped the show there? My point. I mean, they probably would have made him. They probably would have made it stop there. Matt, Matt, it's predetermined. He was <laughs> never going to lose it, man. Yeah. Yeah, but what if he broke his arm and couldn't continue in the match? Well, they'd have substituted him in for Big E like they did in NXT, wouldn't they? Or, or Xavier Woods. Yeah, One of the um, three. It, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it, it was all absolutely pointless. But we'll move move away because that was WrestleMania. That's like seven months ago. Um, you probably are. Getting, getting back to... Well, you like why are we talking about any of this? We're supposed to be talking about Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy, and you're on about The Fucking Fiend. What made you say you want the Alistair Black to come out and act like Finley? <laughs> His name is Alistair Black, and he loves to fight. He should be going out chasing people about the street. Yeah, he should be. And he should have a shillelagh, or whatever it's called as well. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right. More stereotypes. So, um, <laughs> On the next on TLC was the KFC match that we don't really need to talk about. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, um, the when the OC came and answered the Viking Raiders challenge, the only reason the match happened was so that they could get a ten count on the outside next to a KFC sponsored table, so that they could then put somebody through the KFC table. So yeah, it was absolutely pointless. Brilliant, and uh, nice. We then had the TLC match, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Which I heard this was in... a really good match. Eh. Uh, eh. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was shit. Oh, of course you did. Host, you, you're positive this week. How did you feel about the, the Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin match? I think it was a very nice Roman Reigns-Baron Corbin experience. <laughs> the two of them are talented professional wrestlers currently wrestling for WWE and... Uh, <laughs> They put on a pay-per-view standard match. Lots of the grapples. And, so the, the and, then pro- and then loads of their friends came out to the ring. So the, uh, the, the big problem with this match 
was you already, you've already had a load of weapon spots because it's a TLC match, and Baron Corbin decided to use a can of dog food as a weapon, which Michael Cole had to explain was a full can of dog food, and then therefore would hurt more than an empty can of dog food, which is just fucking pointless. And then, yeah, basically, the revival and... Dolph Ziggler had to come down to help Corbin win, but nobody came out to help Roman Reigns. It's leading to the Usos returning this week. Or the Usos didn't return this week because Roman Reigns didn't even bother turning up for SmackDown. Yeah, well, Um, because he was injured, he had to sell the beatdown. He got beat down by four gentlemen. So he's at home recovering, and when he comes back, his family comes to help him. The end of the show was him bearing Baron Corbin onto a million jobbers. So he wasn't injured at all, uh, yeah. That's professional gentleman hard for the neck. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. okay. We then had uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. So we, like we said, Bray Wyatt comes out to the Firefly Flunhouse theme. He takes selfies with people. He's like got this weird, creepy smile on him. I thought this was a really good match. He he wrestled like he was happy for the most part, and then The Miz just made him snap a couple of times, and he just turned into like this weird psychopath. And then after the match... Which he won. The fiend came, like the fiend came up on the screen, and he was like having an internal battle, and then went and got that stupid fucking hammer. Which the commentators decided that they were going to pretend they'd never seen the hammer before and didn't know what it was, despite the fact that it was used heavily at the end of Hell in a Cell. I think they tried to block Hell in a Cell out from their memories. To be honest, yeah. Well, like. Don't be dicks about it. Like we all know, we've seen the hammer before. It was it was stupid. And then Daniel Bryan came down and made the save. Um, yeah, it was a hooded figure, wasn't he? But it turned out to be Daniel Bryan, and he's come to save his best best friend, the Miz. And yeah, we'll talk about more. They, about don't, they that. don't like each other, but they're going to work together. It's a new team, yeah. hell no, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically that. We then had Rusev and Bobby Lashley. The only thing I want to talk about on this match is the fact that the only thing that uh, WWE like to steal from Japan apparently is the tables because uh, Bobby Lassie tried to spear Rusev through a table and they both bounced off it and Lassie had to pick him up and put him through the table on the other side of the ring. I am the table. Yeah. So um, right, we do need to talk about what happens next and that's yeah. the... So the end of the, the thing was the Women's Tag Team Championship TLC match and... But can, yeah. I, can, I, can I just say, this overshadowed a good match. I did watch the match. I've seen this it, match, and it was a good match. You're right, and the fact that a lot of the spots had to be reworked because Kyrie Sane couldn't get involved in them. Um, there was a lot of... like It was clear that Becky Lynch and Asuka just went, right, well, we need to come up with something on the fly that is as spot-heavy as what we've originally planned, but without Kyrie Sane because she's clearly concussed. There's like videos going around of Becky pushing her under the ring to get her out of the way of spots. Yeah. There's Asuka protecting her in a couple of things as well. No, like I've seen twenty different spots of this is exactly where Kyrie Sane got a got got a concussion. Nobody knows. Obviously, got she got hit in the head with a monitor by Becky just randomly thrown. No, she over. didn't. The monitor didn't hit her. But it but did but, hit her. but but I, but I just want to say that video of footage of it hitting her in the head. Um, there is there, there's a multitude of things. I mean, she she could have just taken a bit of a kick a bit hard. It, I yeah. mean, I mean, was it CM Punk got a full on concussion from a trouble in paradise from Kofi? It just happens sometimes. But yeah. unfortunately, she got a bell rung in the wrong spot in a in a match which is very 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 spot heavy. 
Poor, I, I, I genuinely feel sorry for Charlotte, who had no fucking idea of what had happened. But clearly, she would. There is no way that she would have done that spot yeah. with her or done anything with her if she'd have realised. And I'm certain that Kyrie did not know where the fuck she was when she was being put up for that power bomb. No, I don't think she did. She, she, and... she, she, because you can see her. She, she's lying back and goes ah, and she realises while she's halfway in the middle of being lifted up for a power bomb, and then she's desperately trying to get herself back up there. Kudos to Charlotte. She must be. That's fucking strength to be able to put her up in that. After because. I mean, let's be honest. We know that they, you know, they help each other into spots. Kyrie was not helping Charlotte into that powerbomb spot at all. No, and then um, they were basically at, dead at that point, Charlotte realised Becky and Asuka had already realised that Kyrie was not to be in any other spot in that entire match because she was. She was in a spot at the end, wasn't she? I'm sure she was. But but, she but, it, but, it, yeah. feet, but she wasn't. She she wasn't involved in any more weapon spots. She she picked up a chair and hit Becky. Oh, um, oh, yeah, and Becky was tapping um, her with the chair Becky, after Becky, yeah, hit, like, tapped her in the back and then got her on the floor and was hitting the floor the other side of her. Um, but, yeah, like, they they definitely helped her through it. But the the thing is, I, I genuinely think, had Vince McMahon and Triple H been there, they would have stopped that match. The problem was because there was nobody in authority at that high level at the pay-per-view, wasn't that? They, no, so Triple H and Vince McMahon, neither of them were at TLC. It was called and, shots. Done? No, uh, Paul Heyman. Ooh. So Paul Heyman, okay. I believe, is calling the shots. That's I, I haven't. It's the only person I can think of that would be calling the shots. I mean, might... I mean, yeah, me, me personally, I reckon they should have stopped the match. There was, there was no. I mean, there, there was no way of knowing how bad Kyrie Sane was at the yeah, time. They... She looked fucked. Stopping, she did the, not I know think, where she was. They either needed to stop the match or at least remove Kyrie Sane from wings, ringside. Or get a doctor to look at... Doctors didn't look at her till after yeah. the match, did they? No, there was no no doctor at all. And that's the, that's the big thing. Like, if Vince had been there, there'd have been a doctor on site looking at, looking at the issue, I think. Um, I think the problem is people were too scared to try and stop a, a main event of TLC... Without... Was there an X thrown up? I didn't see an X thrown up either from the ref. No, the ref didn't throw any X's up as far as I'm aware of. I've not seen anything online saying there was. Yeah, it's it's all a little bit, all a little bit dodgy. It's and a bit shady to me. Because um, I, I, I honestly of... think they wouldn't have cared. I don't think the fans would have cared if they had stopped the match. And I know because because it's very clear that she was yeah, fucking but they would, hurt. Though, because they're fucking WWE like. The, the way the way the fans are, they'd have booed if the match had stopped. But I think they'd have just continued it as a two-on-one handicap. Yeah. Which is fine. What's your point, Tyce? You're, you're, you stay very quiet in this. I'm just, I'm staying quiet because, honestly, you boys are covering a lot of it anyway. But there's no way that crowd doesn't lose their shit if their main event gets uh, cancelled early. Yeah. And if you continue that on as a 2v1 with out changing the ending. Like, the ending was always for Asuka and Carrie to go over. So if you change that to 2v1 and Asuka beats your champion and your number one contender, assumably, where does that leave your women's division? So it's like, I'd, I'd have done, there was someone on Reddit posted a, an idea. It was like, Charlotte should have went down injured. So what should have happened was Carrie got sent to the back. And then Charlotte should have went down injured yeah. and were back in a circuit, which would have been fine because it seems to be what they're building anyway. It looks like they're building 
Asuka to be back his own claimable mountain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I agree with. That's fine. That's, that's a fantastic. It's, it's, it's the only thing they could do, to be honest. Unless you're going to drop Charlotte and just have them go at it in the singles and just have the two of them go at the back, there's no way you can take Carrie away from that ring and leave. That's yeah. going to be Charlotte and Becky. If she was really hurt, which which for a long time it looked like it possibly was, how bad would it have been if she went back? If she if she continued back, went round to backstage and collapsed, and was sent to hospital and had a severe severe concussion. And you know would would have been out of TV for months. How fucking bad would that have looked? Yeah, I mean that's the 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 only positive from this is the fact that Kyrie Sane's been assessed by doctors, and they're saying that it's it doesn't seem that bad at this time. Obviously, with a concussion, it can take anywhere between two weeks and eight weeks to clear up. They they've given her a prognosis of she'll be able to be reassessed in two weeks' time. Yeah. That doesn't mean she'll definitely be able to wrestle in two weeks' time. That means she gets a, 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 what do they call it, a head injury consultation the night before her next show, which I believe would be Raw on like the fourth of Jan, Um, and then at that point they they reassess and see see how it's going, see whether she can compete in the ring. Well, it's great news because after after looking at that footage, there was genuine concerns. Oh my god, she's really fucked up here. Can um, I say, sorry, um, no, it's interesting to me that the legs there was more kick up about the fake punches that didn't cause injury than yeah. what happened in this match. Do you want to know why? Because it's AEW. In terms of professional wrestlers, so I'm, I'm singling out Mark Henry and your guy, the original tweet, Dak posted his name earlier. Uh, he was a wrestler that posted it. It was your man, Klondike. He's either a wrestler or a big writer. Mm. He likes to a lot of wrestlers. So those two have came out harder about someone essentially protecting or not hurting a wrestler in the ring than what happened here. Now, I'm not blaming any of the girls involved in the match or anything like that. I just I think it's interesting that that's the world we live in now where something that doesn't hurt someone gets more highlighted than a wrestler potentially getting hurt and potentially could have been a lot worse. If yeah, that, yeah. That smart thing and rolled around the ring and stuff like that. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's the argument of what's more important, protecting the wrestler or protecting the element of the business. And it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument. And, and I fully agree with you there. That, um, I mean, cause, cause all, cause after the match, all the, all the support on Instagram and Twitter was for fucking El Cairo. You are strong. You're a warrior. You got through it. Yeah. At the same time, it's just, no, because <laughs> there's so many reasons why that could and should have been stopped. So many. Because, I mean, what could have happened? You could, you could, you, could, you know, there, there's a multitude of things that could have happened. I mean, or, or not necessarily stopped or changed on the fly. Or e- even if you had Becky and Charlotte win um, and, and have it change over in a couple of weeks' time. Um, you know, it's very clear that Kari was hurt. And they, they, don't get me wrong, they did a fantastic job of protecting her afterwards. Becky clearly stepped in and was really like, right, okay, you go here, you go here, you, 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 you stay out of the way, you fucking get under the mat, you go, just, just stay away, let us handle this bit. We'll call you in when we need you, which is basically what they did from what I saw of the, um, of the, like, the, um, the, the Twitter highlights, which was, di- which was directly showing Kyrie and Becky talking and trying to sort of get together. I just, wow. 
You know, so I've got nothing else to say, really. I sort of lost my train of thought towards the end of my top of my sentence. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all that needs to be said on the matter. Like, yeah, we hope Kyrie Shane gets back, but like I say, medical signs at the moment are positive, and that's the only good thing we can take from this. Um, but Asuka won the title for, like, we haven't mentioned it, I don't think. But yeah, so Asuka climbs the ladder and gets the titles. And then because we can't have nice things, instead of us ending with Asuka either shouting at Becky and uh, Charlotte or just gloating that she's got the title, we have the spillover from Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, who've still been fighting. So for the last hour and a half, they're fighting backstage. And they can stay backstage. But as soon as that bell rings, all of a sudden they pop out. And now Roman Reigns does finally have friends. I mean, they're friends from Raw fighting for a man from SmackDown, but, you know, wildcard. hella disrespectful. But, yeah, it's just, like, yeah, like, instead of letting the women who've just headlined and just had this this match, no, let's just have random bits and fucking Bobby Roo, no, sorry, uh, Dolph Ziggler and The Revival and all all manner of random people are in this massive fight with between Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns, and then we, we end with a shitty buddy... One of the worst spears I've ever seen in my life, where Roman Reigns spears Corbin onto 40 people, but because he needed to drive him forward with the spear, he ran up to him, stopped, picked him up, and jumped forwards, and it's one of the worst spears you've ever seen in your life. So I've got a suggestion for you, Matt. Yeah. End of that match, what if that's an audible to protect Kyrie? Because... There was supposed to be like a brawl between the women afterwards. They couldn't do it because Carrie's obviously hurt. So they send out the blokes to carry on one of the storylines from earlier. The only thing that makes me say that that's not what happened is before the Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Becky Lynch and uh, Charlotte Flair match, they showed that they were brawling that backstage. So the Street Profits did a little skit, and then they like then the Roman and Corbin brawl comes in and interrupts the Sweet Prophet's skit. So this was clearly planned beforehand. Okay. Um if if it had been if, if that's the case and maybe they were just gonna do it backstage and it was going to be a WWE exclusive and they brought it out here so that it would protect protect Kyrie. In that case, yeah, I'd be all over it. But I just think because they did it in a Street Prophet skit before this match, I think it was planned. Right. So moving on from TLC, um we're literally Five minutes will get us through Raw. So Seth Rollins kicks off Raw because it's Seth Rollins. Um, if they don't call this stable the Architects of Pain, it's been pointless, by the way. Um, but yeah, he just basically kicks off and shouts about Kevin Owens. I don't know why. I've not really been paying attention to this. Yeah, Seth Rollins just being a dick, which is, you know, the entire of 2019 in a nutshell. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and at least now he's being a dick as a heel. Um, it it kind of comes on later on. We then have a Viking Raiders OC match again, but this time it's not for the title. But if the OC win, then they get a title match, which That's they've just had a title. Yeah, like what's the, like? So they lose a they sorry they they have a count out draw. So they don't get another title match, but they do get a match where if they win, they get another title match. Yeah, because they didn't win their open challenge match. So they had an open challenge match. They had one chance. They didn't win it. So they have to earn the second chance rather than just be handed it. 
So why do they get another go if they didn't win? Because they didn't lose. I, I, I don't like this, and I certainly don't like the stipulation of it's not a title match, but if you win, you get a title match. I, I don't like this at all, but they the OC won. Um, was there any... I, I didn't even watch this. I don't think AJ Styles came out, so I think they just won. So they now get a title match. It's not next week, I can tell you that, but they are now number one contenders again, and they will get a title match. Uh, oh, yeah. We then had Rowan squash a jobber. Nobody cares. We didn't get to see what's in the cage, so it, nothing has happened. I'm, I'm we... convinced Hornswoggle's in the cage until <laughs> someone proves me otherwise. It's Luke Harper's severed head. I, it, it could be anything in that cage. I don't know. I, I don't even know whether I care. Um, we then had the Bobby Lashley-Lana segment where Lana said, I want me to ask you to me to marry me to me to me or something she basically botched the lines again but yeah you to me (laughs) yeah you can't do that anymore just to me oh no okay we're not getting it one of them's dead so it's not to me to you anymore is it oh (laughs) 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 Um, yeah so uh, so yeah Lana said I want you to ask me to marry me, which he meant, I want you to ask me to marry you. But, but that put aside, then Bobby Lashley said, I don't do what people tell me to do, but I'll let you tell me what to do. And then he asked her to marry him. And we're getting a wedding next week or the week after, I think. I can't remember well, now. Leo Rush be his best man, Matt. <laughs> I, th- I think Leo Rush won't go anywhere near this because I think he's too busy staying as far away from Bobby Lashley as possible, and that's the best place for him because he was fucking annoying on when he was his mate. We then had a waste of an hour of TV where we had a number one contender gauntlet match, um, at which point the winner, uh, so the, the new number one contender for the uh, United States title wasn't even in this match. So we get, first of all, it was R-Truth and... Uh, Kiro Tozawa. Um, R-Truth gets eliminated after he cut a promo at the start being funny about saying that his idol, um, John Cena, and his open challenge made him want to get into wrestling despite the fact they'd been wrestling for like 15 years before that. Just R-Truth being R-Truth. Um, but yeah, we then had... So yeah, first match is Tozawa versus Truth. Truth gets eliminated. Ricochet comes out next, and he eliminates Tozawa. Matt Hardy is wrestling again, so he comes out but gets eliminated by um, Ricochet. Then Humberto Carrillo comes out and eliminates uh, Ricochet. Um, And then Andrade came out, and it became a no contest for a gauntlet match. Mm -hmm. So you've so we we had six wrestlers in a gauntlet match for the number one contendership. At which point there's a no contest, so nobody is the number one contender. What a waste of an hour of TV! I mean, they probably got those guys on TV and they got the wrestle. But I was reading that Vince wants to push for Andrade versus Mysterio for the US title, and that happened a while ago. Those two were fighting, and they put on really good matches. Um, and because of how well Carrillo has gone on recently, they're going to sort of involve him as well. 
So it's going to be like a three-way sort of fighting. The way I would look at that is WWE is trying to present like their past Latino star, their current, which should be Anjali, and their future, which should be Carrillo. So I think that's what they're going for, like the three sort of generations of their Latino stars at the minute and to put them in the ring. Ray can guide them around a match. Johnny can have a match already, obviously, but Ray will add his experience. Carrillo's going to learn a load being in the ring with those two, and it could lead to good things in the future from them. So, Yeah, yeah. And I just I, I don't see the point in a 60-minute match with no outcome at the end of it. It just It's a little bit annoying. They have recorded draws on the one, one or two nights, so there's going to be a lot of extending content. Yeah, and I I would have killed myself if I like if after this three hour long live raw, you then had to sit in your seats for another two and a quarter hours whilst they recorded next week's raw. I'd have been miserable because this was tripe, and some of the stuff that happens next week is even fucking worse. Um, but we're not going to cover that because it happens next week. Um, so following the the stupid gauntlet match that made no put no sense, Seth Rollins comes down with. Uh, uh, what's the metal thing that um, Rey Mysterio had that he failed? Yeah, the metal pipe that he failed to win the match against um, Lashley with. So, and comes down and hits him with it. And now Seth Rollins is going to take the number one contendership, despite the fact that he wasn't in this six man gauntlet. Um, yeah, he's now the number one contender for the U- US champion. Interesting. Because reasons. Um, Asker then fought Diana Perazzo. Yeah, she was in NXT, I believe. But yeah, in NXT. Yeah, I don't know why she's now on the main roster. There's no explanation for it, but it's the same reason Chelsea Green's on the next week. Um, they just needed bodies. They've yeah. got the women's division at the minute, so they brought up a tag team who's not really on her for NXT, and yeah. just fed them to two wrestlers. Yeah, and, and it's it's clearly on the build to try to make Asuka look strong enough to get Asuka to fight Becky at the Rumble. I think Asuka's going to be Mania. Do you think it's going to be Mania? Yeah, I think we're going think- to get Asuka to win the Rumble. And I think you're going to get Charlotte Becky, probably. Do you really I- want Asuka to win the, her second Rumble in three Rumbles? I think it's going to happen. I think it's what they're building to. I mean, yeah, I like. I, I've got no problem with it myself. I just think there'll be a lot of people who aren't happy with that. More than likely, but I mean, generally, with the last few Rumble winners, most people haven't been happy with anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, point taken. <laughs> like the the women's Rumbles have been the exception, haven't they? Um, the men's Rumbles, yeah. It's, it's, uh, no, people, people liked um, Shinsuke Nakamura winning it. I mean, I, I'd say people I didn't, but... Um, I did, because I had hopes of, like, rematches from the New Japan stuff, and instead we got <laughs> six weeks kicking each other in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, obviously, with Chris not here, um, he would also say that he liked Nakamura winning, even though Nakamura has had no... Well, maybe two good matches. He's been carried to two good matches since he was promoted to the main roster. I'll be honest... See that? I know you, you're really irritated by that because you bring it up every now and again about uh, Nak. I'm honestly, 
I'm happy for him. Let's like go get your money. He did like 15 years in New Japan where they absolutely batter each other. Let him go get his WWE money. It's it's a shame for WWE fans that won't get to see his best work. But let let the man go get his money and surf in California. Don't get me wrong. I I he's completely entitled to just take it as a payday and to wrestle the matches that the type of matches that he wrestles and enjoy his life. What he's not entitled to do is have titles and have and be put in title pictures and work off his name when that's what he's doing, which is what Nakamura is doing. He's wrestling substandard matches to get a payday and living off his name and the name that he made for himself in New Japan and to a lesser extent in NXT. But he's not booking himself, Matt. Like, whoever's booking SmackDown is booking him in the titles. I'd, like, I'm happy for the fellow that go. He can do his odd match, and I enjoy some of his matches. I enjoy more of them than you do. Um, but let him go do what he wants. He's battered his body for 15 years. WWE want to pay him money to keep him away from competition. Let the man go surf and have the odd couple of matches and interesting angles. Yeah, put titles on him. He's not going to say no. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would point to Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio isn't the same Rey Mysterio and is currently living off his name. Uh, he took, but Rey Mysterio had 20 good matches with Andrade this year. Yeah. Whereas Nakamura's had one good match with Roderick Strong and AJ Styles. So, yeah. Um, I have nothing yeah. to add. Um, so, yeah, after the Asuka match, we had a Becky Lynch promo. Um Nah, I mean, when she finally gets on to what she's doing, we'll talk about it. In oh, the wait, 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 no. I, I, is this the promo where she's basically saying that she needs Asuka more than Asuka needs her? Uh, where, 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 where Becky's saying, look, you are my Achilles heel, in effect. I yeah. really like that. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at it and an interesting angle to go with. Yeah, but it, it it will get it get more interesting when they actually start this feud because at the moment, like I say, all, all Asuka did was beat a jobber. Or I know she's an NXT, a former NXT star, but realistically, it was just a a jobber. We'll we'll get some form of interaction between Becky and Asuka. I would say, like I say, I think it'll be the Rumble. If it is at Mania, then they need to keep them away from each other. Wait, you're still on Raw? I thought I, I thought that. Be going for a shit would have made would have, would have, would have sped it up a bit, but no. Have some interesting conversations, Christopher. Damn it, I missed an interesting conversation. I do apologise. Yeah. I, I need to... um, that's fine. Yeah, and I'm with Paul. Uh, Shayna Baszler's my pick for the Rumble. I'm um, going back to when you said Asuka would win it. I I think Baszler will. Yeah, now that probably. She's it makes sense. Alert. I don't she's pay not... enough attention. Rumble Mania, who cares? Yeah. Uh, finally, um, we got Randy Orton versus AJ Styles as the closing of Raw. Orton beat Styles. Nobody really cares because it was a Randy Orton match. And well, that was... depends. Did Randy Orton care? Not really. Well, then, yeah, then, <laughs> if Randy cares, it's a good match. If he doesn't care, then think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, I don't see the point. But that's, that's the end of Raw. We'll do SmackDown next, just because th- there's even less to talk about on SmackDown. Than I know, fuck all about SmackDown. So okay, um, let's not do the Bleacher Report version where you talk about every single thing. Talk about whatever was like. Nobody. So the big talking points was 
Daniel Bryan and the Miz. Uh, so Daniel Bryan comes down and obviously he's got a shaved head and shaved beard. He's American um, dragon again. Love it. Yeah, he's, he's the American is it, is dragon. Is this the whole cut beard? Is it, is it, was his hair cut or was it shaved? shaved. It was it was shaved. It, so even though he had his hair ripped out, it was all nice and neatly done. Well, yeah, his I was thinking with your hair dripped out, you shave off the ends. You don't run about like a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, my, my issue with this segment is Daniel Bryan said he didn't know where, where he'd been for two weeks, which is just absolute fucking stupidity. Now, you're... Okay, so I'm going to be positive about this, right? Go on in. You've just said that it's stupid that Daniel Bryan didn't know where he's been for two weeks. You're currently watching a show that has a man dressed as a school teacher put on a mask and some gloves and then become supernatural. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so yeah. More unbelievable. The talking rabbit that talks to this gentleman and his uh, dancing macho man dance. Or Daniel Bryan being kidnapped for two weeks. But one of them is in your. If you ignore the fact that Seth Rollins went and burned it down, if you you ignore the fact that Seth Rollins went and burned it down, this is his imagination, and this is just in his headspace. I know Seth Rollins ruined that, but that's that's in his imagination that he's talking to a rabbit. So that's that's a really valid point, Matthew. And to counter that point, what I would suggest is. So it's more believable that you can see someone's headspace and <laughs> recreate <laughs> what they're thinking than someone being kidnapped and not know where they were for two weeks. Just, just to be clear. Yeah. I think, just... I, think this is, I think the suspension of disbelief has to kick in when it comes to Bray Wyatt and The Fiend and that sort of stuff because you just yeah, have to go with it. Just go, yeah, it. just go with it. Fuck it. And and it was the, fiend, the Daniel Bryan stuff is like the, the Bray Wyatt too. thing. So, yeah, okay, fine. It's acceptable that he doesn't know where he was for two weeks. Yeah, fine. Okay. You can have that. So, yeah. And then Baron Corbin... So, The Miz came out to interrupt him, and then Baron Corbin came out to interrupt him because all of them want to be the next one to take the Universal title off The Fiend. So, Daniel Bryan wants to take it off The Fiend because The Fiend attacked him, and The Miz wants to take it off The Fiend because he attacked his family. None of them really actually want the title. They just want to attack the fiend. It just so happens that the fiend has the has the, uh, the the title. And then Corbin says that now that he's beaten Roman Reigns, he is the the top the top guy, um, and therefore he should have the next title match. So next week on SmackDown, we're getting a triple threat between the three of them. So was that two NXT guys fighting to face another NXT guy for a top title? Would that be a top of the card or? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, I don't class Daniel Bryan as an NXT guy because he, he made his life on the indies and all he did when he was Bloody in NXT Seth. was murder people. Seth Rollins is a cunt. Um, Baron all Corbin right. is amazing and just not in the ring. He's He's a character wrestler and not a good wrestler. And shouldn't be in the main event scene, but he is. Who? What Baron um, Corbin you're talking about there? Yeah, he's fucking terrible in the ring. He's got three no, moves. One, one of them is to cuddle the ring post when he slides past it and then come back in the ring. And then he's got the deep six and the other one. And they look amazing, but he, that's all he can do. That and I, headlocks. I've seen him throw some very believable punches. <laughs> he sells really well in the ring as well. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's not anybody. He's better since he cut his hair. 
is he though? He is. Because he had a very, very, very questionable hairline. A bit like me. <laughs> uh, very questionable hairline. Very, very thin up top. Yeah. It had to be done. But yeah, so those three got in the ring, and I think they were the main event as well, were they? If I just remember. Top they, top. They, yeah, so Daniel Bryan and the Miz versus Corbin and Ziggler ended the show, and as we went off air, they said that Daniel Bryan, the Miz, and Corbin are having a triple threat next week for the chance to have been on one contender. Um, the Was other thing... Corbin, the Miz, Daniel Bryan? Yes. Yeah. All three NXT alums, I love it. <laughs> the face of former NXT guy. Yeah, yeah. But NXT, oh, just, yeah. It's fine. I'm. I was wrong. Blah 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 blah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk. The, the other things from SmackDown that I want to talk about. The Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street match between Revival and Heavy Machinery no, not, was quite no. funny. Um, they used the bowling ball. They they sat. I can't remember this Dash or the other one or Dawson, but they sat him down with his legs open and used a bowling ball to bowl at his nuts, which I think was a funny spot. Um, oh, I, oh, I did. I did like. Which, which, Wait, no, what is Amanda? Yeah. Yeah, that was that. So after the match, Otis, so Mandy Rose said to Otis, I've got you in Secret Santa. Well, that's ruined Secret Santa already, but we'll we'll get past that. Before the match, he brings the hand down and it gets ruined. Oh, right, okay. I couldn't remember, but yeah. Um, so I got you a ham because of what the revival did to your ham last week. And then obviously the revival ruined the ham again. Um, but Otis got a kiss from Mandy Rose and basically creamed in his pants. He loves He loves ham. Uh, one thing I did like was whichever one of the revival fell over last week comes out and kicks the fucking um, the part of the entrance run where he tripped over yeah. last week. I kind of like that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, the rest of um, SmackDown was pretty much pointless. Um, we well, it is just the Christmas theme shit. Isn't tell, it? tell you what the matches were. Carmella fought Sonya Deville. Carmella. Won. Carmella has pyro. Um, yeah, and she was surprised by the crowd. Yeah, like, <laughs> like two minutes, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. despite the fact that Sonya Deville has, has been improving herself week on week this year, she literally, I think it was a minute and a half, and she tapped to whatever Carmella's move is called. The NXT guy, though. Carmella, former NXT, so. Yeah. Um, Sonya, we then had New Day versus. Nakamura, sorry, Nakamura and Cesaro, um, and the New Day won. Nobody cares. We then had Bailey with Sasha, Sasha Banks versus Dana Brooke, and then after that man, it's match finished. Lacey Evans came down to fight Sasha Banks. Um, Bailey won, and Evans versus Banks went to a double count out when. Banks took Evans outside of the ring uh, to punch her in the face in front of a child because they're trying to make Evans a face. Beer can. Yeah. And then, like I say, the, the main event was Miz and Brian beating Corbin and Ziggler. And then there was a whole thing. And yeah, we're getting a, a triple threat next week for the, the title. Uh, sorry, for the number one contender. Right. Okay, moving on. Uh, AEW or NXT first? I fell asleep watching AEW this afternoon, so... AEW first it is. Yes. Um, so... Wow. It, 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 wasn't in, it wasn't on purpose. It was genuinely... It, was, it wasn't this afternoon. It was this evening when I did my highlight research stuff. I was like, I just fell asleep watching it. I'm sorry. 
Wow. I I quite enjoyed AEW this week. Um, it kicks off with Paige and Omega versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah, which was a cracking match. Um, it was a, about fifteen minutes long, I would guess. Um, really good match, really good wrestling. Both teams working fairly well with each other, except for the the final spot, which was um, like we said earlier, Paige hitting Omega. Oh, so Omega was holding up. Phoenix, I think. Um, but Phoenix ducks out of the way and Paige tries to hit his finisher but hits Omega with it instead of Phoenix. Shock horrors. Um, which then allowed their Lucha Bros to do their package pile driver stomp thingy. Does that have a name? Uh, no. Concussion death is what it probably sounds like. I mean, it looks like concussion it death. It does sound like concussion death, yes. <laughs> Broken neck concussion death, but yeah. Um, <laughs> It's really brutal finish. I love that as a finishing move. But yeah, so the, the Lucha Bros won that match. And then straight away, Pac's face comes on screen. Um, and he... Was it Omega he was talking to? Yeah, so Pac wants his rubber match with Omega. So obviously he beat Omega, then Omega beat him. Yeah. Pac wants the rubber match, which they seem to be intent on making a thing, which I'm not against. If yeah. the guy draws... But with Pac, isn't a, but Pac isn't credible anymore, though, is he? Is Pac credible? Why, Why isn't he credible? Because, I mean, okay, in my opinion, he's not... Isn't he supposed to be a lot better than he's coming out as? Because to me, I don't I don't see him as a top guy in the company. He's, I think he's third or fourth ranked in their rankings. If you, like, off the top of my head, I'm not certain. But he's still that bastard to come in and was, like, unbeaten for a while, and then he lost... I think he's lost two matches just out of yeah. nine or so he's had in the company. Okay, so, yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, to, to, to me, I wouldn't... I mean, don't get me wrong, I, mean, I like Pac, but I don't... In, in terms of an AEW, I don't see him as one of the top guys. In the I think that's just because he's not been on TV every week, and he has had some matches with some smaller guys after losing to Omega. So, I yeah. think... The way this will play it is obviously Pac showed up. I want my rubber match. Kenny was standing in the ring, and Kenny and Hangman were about to have like fisticuffs between themselves because of the ending. And uh, Pac shows up, and then he goes into the locker room. Goes, if you're not going to give me what I want, I'll go and do something. He walks in, takes Nakazawa, who is like Kenny's best mate outside of the elite. Is what they're building him to be. Yeah. Um, he takes Nakazawa, and then. Tank or Kenny runs through the crowd, goes back to the room, and he's gone. So it's basically building up that, and then Kenny gets jumped by the Lucha Bros for some reason. It's very heelish from the Lucha Bros. I don't quite understand it because I don't think the Lucha Bros been. I'm like, I'm like tweeners. Yeah, they they they're back and forth between face and heel, depending on who they yeah. fight, basically, aren't they? Yeah, so they just, for no reason, jumped Kenny backstage, haven't just beat him in a match, and then Hangman came for the save. So it's just building up, basically. Pac wants the match with Omega. I wouldn't be surprised to see that on the 1st of January show. Um, and then, obviously, building up the Hangman-Omega thing, which seems to be where they're going long-term with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I like, if they get more matches between these four... I'll watch them again because as much as I've said that Omega and Paige have looked like mid-carders, this week, the more the more we see from them, uh, Paige and and uh, Omega in the ring, the more I'm starting to understand the whole 
Omega's the best wrestler in the world and Paige is actually a good wrestler. The more we see him in the ring, the better he seems to get. I think I don't know whether he was just ring rusty because he wasn't fighting much, but the more I see him in the ring, the better he starts to look. Who are you talking about, Paige or Omega? Paige. Omega, mm-hmm. I've always known is good, and he he's he just the way he's booked himself was made him poor, whereas Paige looked poor in the ring against uh, Jericho, whereas now he looks like a credible wrestler. He, he's starting to look like a good wrestler. The Paige was good. I think at this point, though, in Jericho's career, and this isn't enough Jericho, he's, he's still decent. I think you need a top, top wrestler in there with him. You need an Omega, a Pac, maybe Moxley, depending on the steps. You need someone that can go to make Jericho have a good, good match. Um, what, 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 what is it? What is it almost like he needs? You need to force it out of him, or is it? Or is it a case of um, Jericho's going through the motions whilst actually wrestling? I mean, on the mic, he's fantastic, and in selling fights and in selling. I, I mean, okay, the, the ratings is a bit of an issue at the minute, but like you know, keeping the inner circle thing going and things like that, he is in effect keeping the show together. In effect, with with I mean, from from previous, not necessarily this week, but previously he was. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely got a key role. I just think in order to get a great match out of him, you need an Omega, a Tanahashi, someone that can fucking go. Hangman uh, yeah. is just unlucky that he's at the start of his career, touch with as long as he doesn't get an injury. Hangman's going to have another 10, 15 years in whatever company he goes to. He'll probably end up in WWE at some point. Um, whereas Jericho is maybe the last two, three years of his career, the man's 50. His body's not what it used to be. He's not moving as slickly as what he used to. So I just think in order to get a good Jericho match, you're going to need someone really good in the ring. And Paige was just unlucky at that point where... Yeah, really yeah. I'll to- I, I, I totally agree with you. Jericho in ring is a three-star wrestler now. He's not the he's not the guy who you can get a five-star match out he's of. He's more of his DDP yoga, you know what I mean? He, he, just, he just needs to not be in the ring for very long because... He just can't, he can't he can't go anywhere like with all the will in the world. He's his in ring style is slowed down, and he was he was so good. With, well, well, I I I was never a fan, but he was good young when he was younger because he was quick and agile, and he could move about the ring faster than most of the other guys in WWE because he was so small and so light and so nimble, and that worked well. But now he's had to bulk up to make himself still look credible. He's got no pace left. He's got no agility left, and it's starting to show him up as a... He's smart in the sense that he's adjusted his moveset completely to adapt to his age. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to expect him to do fucking line salts every match. Yeah, yeah, um, but th- th- and that's fine, but all I'm saying is that means that he's not the wrestler he used to be. He can't do what he's best at, true. so he needs other people to drag stuff out of him and drag matches out of it i don't I, I think like i say he's just he's he's a typical mid, mid card in ring he's a mid card wrestler i obviously on the mic he's a, a he's, he's just, a fucking merch machine i'll i'll call it now i think his wrestle kingdom match with tanahashi get or tanahashi gets uh between three and 3.5 stars from Meltzer, and that's Meltzer in japan at wrestle kingdom you know he likes to be a wee bit more yeah. general yeah, they had a push four stars, but he did not get above. Well, well, I mean, do 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 you think his last run with Alpha versus Omega in New Japan was his last big, big, big match? I don't know. Did he fatal cut after that? Pardon? 
Did no he fight Okada? After no, I don't think he fought Okada. Has he fought Okada yet? I think he has. I might be he wrong. He fought Naito, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely fought Naito. I think he's already fought Okada. He might not have, though. Because, yeah, I don't know. I, but, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've no idea, but, yeah, I just don't think... think I think Jericho needs help to get good matches these days. I think you're right. Um, where were we? We had... What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Page and Okada beat... No, lost to the Lucha Bros, and then we had the... Um, so the next match, Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes versus the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I Again, I really enjoyed this match. Did you see the... So the one thing I'll comment on is... And I commented on the DMs as well. Cody hit what looks to me to be a modified Oz cutter. Yeah. Um, and they called it the Cody cutter as if, like... And I know oh. that's their role. Like, that's their job. They have to call the moves, and that's how we learn what the moves are called. But they called it the Cody cutter, like, six times, as if, like... It's not that this is the first time he's hit it, but this is an established thing. And that kind of took me out of it. I'm impressed that Cody can hit that move. Like, he springboards off the second rope up onto the top ropes and then jumps back and hits an Oz cutter. Well, it's not too dissimilar from the disaster kick, is it? it, it well, in, in terms of he does, spring, he's, he, he does springboard moves, doesn't he? Yeah. But it, it was impressive. I thought it was a really good match. thought Butch and the Blade were solid, as they are. Like, they're not... Yeah, Bunny did a job as well. Everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bunny did come in for a distraction, didn't she, at one point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and well, what I said to Toast, um, I don't listen with commentary, so I didn't understand this, but I didn't understand why you'd bring the Butcher and the Blade in and then have Cody and uh, Darby go over. But Toast, you were saying before we, we started that um, it was so that Cody has is, is said to Darby, if they win this match, that Darby could have his rematch against Cody. Yeah, so it was uh, Excalibur was pushing it by 10. He seems to be the one that has all the storylines when they're doing the commentary. Maybe because the other two gentlemen are slightly older and one's just plugging. Well, no, well, 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 J- JR, JR said he, he doesn't want to know what the story is before. Or he, yeah. he doesn't want to know what happens. He wants to be able to call it live. Or, doesn't uh, on know fly. anything, does he? This isn't the results. So I understand that JR doesn't want the results. This is like the storyline going into the match. Like mm, he uh, was able to go, yeah, so obviously Darby's agreed to help Cody. And I was like, yeah, okay. Why? Because they're both good guys. And then he's like, uh, Cody has agreed that if they beat Butcher and the Blade, Darby gets his rematch of Cody. Obviously, those two drew. They had the time limit draw, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It so was. that gives some sort of incentive and backstory to Darby, other than generic good guy comes, helps other good guy, which again develops him a bit, which I enjoy as well. Yeah. And it, it leads into a bit, it, it's a bit of good storytelling that they're actually doing on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Question, and, is Jimmy Havoc a lower-card lower card wrestler? Yeah, absolutely. The, like, as, as with all the will in the world, I love Jimmy Havoc, and I think he could put on good matches with any of the guys at the top of the card, but I don't think that's what he was brought in to do. I think he's brought in to be a jobber for those guys and to put on matches on dark and have some big and to- spot-heavy hardcore matches do you think do you think he was brought in to 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 um fit the british demographic 
or, 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 or to or to pull in some of the British audience. Because I mean, bear in mind at the beginning of the whole AEW thing when they when they were when they were doing their first all in and things like that, the entire pre-show was thank you so much for those of you in the UK who have stayed up to watch with us. Thank you to ITV. They were very 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 heavy on that. Do you think that Jimmy was brought in as the face from the UK, even though obviously Pax Geordie, but like you know, bringing him as bringing him in as the face for the UK, and then they're just sort of like, right, well, you've done your bit now, you've sold us, you sold it to us. Just yeah. what I think, and uh, I agree with you. I was about to say something similar. I think Jimmy, Kip, and Pac were brought in um, oh, as Kip, British, I about. British wrestlers as well as Marty down the line. And I think one of the reasons they're not pushing Jimmy as much as they might have, and same with Kip, Kip's getting a bit of TV time now, is due to the fact that ITV fucked them over majorly. Like, uh, they clearly came out, and Cody made the statements, and I know Matt's going to get round up about this. Uh, Cody made the statements that they were going to have the best TV deal in the UK. It was going to be so much better than what the other company had and stuff like that. And then, obviously, they haven't been able to close an actual deal with ITV to show it live in its entirety. ITV is now trying to, is it like four, three days later, two days later? Still edited. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's edited on the network the following day, but it never it never drops at the time, they say. And then the first showing on TV is Friday night. So I That's think terrible. ITV promised them the moon, and then... It- didn't deliver, so, and they went the promises off the back of it. So I think. the story is not that ITV promised them the moon. IT, they they struck a deal with ITV saying we want our show on your show on on your on your network, and we want this to happen. At that point, that's all that had been agreed. When when they then came to ITV and said it needs to be live, the problem was in the US they have. 16 minutes of uh, advert breaks per hour, which is illegal in the UK. The If you're on terrestrial TV, which ITV is, the oh. maximum amount of advert breaks you're allowed is 12 minutes. Oh, I get it. Because I was thinking, why couldn't you use the Sky Sports method? But obviously, they're not terrestrial, are they? So Sky, Sky Sports are not terrestrial and therefore do not have that issue. Whereas ITV are terrestrial, do have that issue, and that meant that they couldn't just take the live feed from TNT. Now, what they might have been able to do was take the feed that, um, what's the Fight app? TV. TV. But then they'd have to manually work out themselves when they wanted to put the adverts in and which the advert breaks to ignore. And that just creates work for ITV. Nobody at ITV is a wrestling specialist. Or wants to be they around at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, they'd ha- they'd have issues with that, so they made the decision that they couldn't have a live show in the UK. Is there so any that's confirmation? That's that's fascinating. I didn't know that was. I didn't really know that was a deal. That's fascinating. Uh, did they? Um, is there any sort of statement that that, that that highlights how long the ITV deal is? I've not seen. Because honestly, if I was Sky Sports, I'd be fucking lapping that up quickly. Because, uh, because, honestly, I reckon that it could it could do well on Sky Sports. Because if you get the Sky Sports machine behind it, bear in mind they've they're done with WWE. They've been that off now. Uh, because obviously, clearly Vince wanted a lot of money. I don't think AEW are going to want tons of money. If I'm being honest, I don't think they are. So what's to what's to stop um, Rupert Murdoch getting his greasy hands on it? 
don't know. I don't know what the time frame for them being on. I, I know they're twelve months or eighteen or something stupid like that. But the TNT deals two years. So, because that was the big thing, it was like all the reporting was that TNT were taking a huge risk, giving them a two-year deal, and then after the initial rating, so the six hundred thousand plus or whatever they've got for the ten weeks, have been massively over what anyone expected. So TNT are making out like bandits in terms of revenue and what they should be paying because yeah. of they're paying. So the whole thing is that. In a year and a half's time, when Tony Khan, who is a businessman, you might not like some of his antics, Matt. I know you've got a thing to say about his thing he did on the after show, which yeah. wasn't on camera and wasn't recorded. But as a businessman, Tony Khan knows what he's doing and he will rinse TNT for every penny in a year and a half. Yeah. As long as their ratings stay at 600 to a million. Nah, yeah. Again, th- those aren't terrible ratings, are they? Let's be honest. They're not terrible, considering it's a new company in a very oversaturated market as it is. It's... Yeah, so, go on. like, TNT's best-case scenario predictions was a, a steady 500k for the lifetime. If they can... They've not dropped down anywhere near that yet. I think this week's was their lowest rating. Wasn't, or fa- wasn't, wasn't rating. it 550? That was when the World Series was on. Yeah, that was against basketball. Yeah, that was, that was basketball or, or baseball, one or the other. It was against something yeah, I think major. Both. I think they had college basketball and the World Series, and they had to go to a second TV, sh- like a different channel. So, like, they were never going to get anything because they were on. They weren't on TNT. Yeah. They were on TNT Plus yeah. Sport or whatever. So, I, I don't really count that one. But so this week really is their lowest since, like, actually on normal TNT, and they're still six hundred. They're one hundred eighty thousand over what TNT said best case scenario was. Oh. So, question very, 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 very quick: Are the Fight TV figures released? No, oh. Fight TV doesn't get released. ITV occasionally release their figures, but they're under no obligation to do That's so. Like, DVR figures also don't get released. No, they, they don't, just no. say they're good or bad. Yeah. They, but they never give a figure because I'm. I'm interested to see because obviously, I mean, Spaceos, you use Fight TV, don't you? Yeah, and okay. and Fight TV is the other distributor for for around the world, isn't it? It's it's either you you live in the UK, you have ITV, uh, you live in America, you have TNT, or you have Fight TV, and that's it. <laughs> that's that's all you get. I think Canada okay. have a TSN deal, but I'm not oh, sure. okay, okay, fine. Canada have a TSN deal. I believe there's only seven countries that have Fight TV deals. Really? Yeah. So it's not even, a, in theory, it's not even a worldwide product, and it's still no. pulling those sort of numbers. Well, those numbers are just yeah, the, those numbers are just TNT. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm just interested just to see what the true figure is. You, you could never get it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we won't get it to like to, to, to the to, to the number to the exact number, but I'd be interested to see what the figures are for, say, Australia or India or whoever else, whoever else would have those deals if they're provided. Because I mean, let because I mean, it was very, very public that Sky Sports on a Raw had five or three thousand viewers, wasn't it? Was it yeah, something ridiculously yeah, low like that? But then, as well with Sky, because it's that time in the morning, you have to look at like I don't the know DVRs though, Evo and DVR numbers and stuff like that. But what I will say is, see, with just while we were talking about ratings, sort of not jump back and forth, um. That number this week, yes, NXT beat them by about 110k or whatever. Yeah. NXT announced basically a takeover card, which is what A-Dub should have done. They should have announced a lot more big matches. They should have had big go-away matches. 
Um, I'm not surprised that NXT won. NXT's card was fantastic, and they announced two big title matches. Yeah, uh, yeah. Beforehand, so they had built the start and the finish of their card because I think they announced like a couple of days beforehand the Finn Balor match would be first. Yeah, yeah. They announced, oh, no, they yeah, announced yeah. At the end of the last the end of the last week show that the Finn Balor would open. Yeah, and, and with show. no interruptions, with yeah. no adverts. Again, that show with two big title matches that the fans have been dying to see. So um, it works. It's, you can't argue that Vince don't know that. That's definitely a Vince call, and you can't argue that Vince doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to that sort of stuff. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm happy. Honestly, I'm, 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 I'm happy when it when it comes to both sides because there it, it does look like there is actual competition now. It is a genuine competition. Whether they sort of play it down in the press between each other. I think there is genuine competition between each other, and I think they genuinely set out to try and beat each other. I think that's great. The concern for me is the trend. So if we look at the the ratings week to week and draw a line through it, NXT have gone down around 100,000 since their first, first couple of weeks. If you ignore the fact that 1.5 million that, they, that AEW got week one, that's an unrealistic target. Yeah. But if you start from week three, where I think there were nine hundred eighty thousand, they've been on a AEW's been on a steady decline. There've been weeks where they've gone up a little bit and weeks where they've gone a bit below, but they're on a steady decline that, that is that is continuing. And they need to at some point address this and make sure that they they kind of hit a plateau. Like I say, NXT has has dropped about a hundred thousand, but they've stayed steady now five weeks. At around eight hundred thousand, either just either side for of eight. You also have to look at the fact that NXT is an already established brand, and as an already established company, uh, you know it's already established, and it's got the WWE machine behind it. It's known as a WWE product. But why were those? So if we take nine hundred eighty, like their third week as their best, we, we ignore those first two week mm-hmm. massive bumps of one point five and one point two. Why have 350,000 people stopped watching AEW. Because they probably decided to DVR it instead. But at the same time, the DVR numbers are not really changing from what people are saying. They're good every week, but... I'll I'll just offer a potential counterpoint for this week, right? Yeah, yeah. So this week, hold on, let me just check our calendar. I'm not not funny, I need to get the the actual date. We know know why NXT this week was ridiculous, because of the card they announced in advance. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not even talking about it. That's fine, sorry, go on. This one is, so it was the 18th of December. Yeah. So that was one week before Christmas, right? Um, There are a lot of, Holiday parties, people Christmas do's. I know you were away to one the other day, weren't you, Matt? I was what? Yeah, last week. Yeah, last week. So there's stuff like that going on coming up to the holidays. People are out, whether they're getting gifts, whether they're some people are going home to spend with their parents. I'm thinking of like college age students or people that work away from, say, they live the 18 to 49 year old market. <laughs> like, I'm not just making like mad fucking reasons, but there is that sort of holiday season bullshit. Oh, true ratings that dip in every sort of TV product. So that could be one reason. Now, I don't automatically expect fucking first, the first of January is going to be a brutal show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be so many people fucking hungover. The numbers <laughs> are going to be dead. Yeah. yeah. 
in a couple of weeks after that, I think you'll see the numbers pick back up for those that are either still interested or those that were brought back into wrestling by, oh, something that's not WWE, which was a lot of the people that came back for AEW. Yeah. Start creeping back up in a couple of weeks after. Or we, we are now at the level where they're going to stay, which is around six 500K, and they'll have to rebuild an audience from there. But holiday season could be a reason for some of the numbers to be different. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I, I guess it may just be a case of props to WWE and NXT for finishing the year strong. And I think that must have been a key point was go, look, we need to finish this year strong. I mean, okay, next week's going to be shit. But I think, I, I, you know, this one was a key one. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we, um, we need we need to get on because otherwise we're going to be talking till fucking midnight. Yeah, so if we Fuck get me, back we're still to, on AEW, aren't we? Fuck yeah, so we're not even halfway through AEW yet. Oh, so following the butcher and the blade match, we had Awesome Kong come out and squash a jobber. Um, yeah, I thought it was Evil Essay, and then it wasn't Evil Essay; it was someone else. Elise, Elise, basically, it was a jobber who had bright red hair. He had a new color to Kong's fucking. Her yeah, man. yeah. So Melanie Cruz came down holding the 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 hair trophies, and Brandy Rhodes came down as well, and they cut some more hair off. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be supposedly building this storyline, but like, yeah. Um, I, I honestly the storyline at the minute again. I think it, all these joint angles. So there's three at the minute. I know that's Ryan Satin. I think it's Ryan Satin. There's a one of them. One of, the German, one of them are going real hard at AEW for having three different join angles going at the same time. Yeah. Um, I do think they're all going to be linked. Um, but well, well, honestly, even even if they're not, I don't think it's terrible. You got you got the idea that you know it's a new company that yeah. where, where where everyone's sort of brought together. They are going to be advertising, you know, join, you know, come and join with us, or come and join with us, come and join with us. I think it does. It's not a terrible idea. I don't think. I mean, I guess I can see where they're coming from, but at the same time, you think, well, you know, if it's a new, if it's a new thing, and there's people that are left to the wayside when, in fact, they could come in and help us, I think that's, a, I think that's a good, good way of looking at things. So I was sitting during the week when I was watching this, and I was like, basically, when I watch it or AW, and I'm like, how am I going to defend this from Matt? Like, what, what's Matt going to come at me, right? But what I was thinking is, they are at the minute they're building three big heel factions, which. Are good. It's decent to have. But then I was thinking, when you think top faces and stuff, they've always had basically, even back to Hogan's days, monster factories to feed people. And I yeah. think that's what they're doing. It's kind of what you've said there, Chris. They are a new brand. I think they're establishing not factories, but three big heat stables that they can feed the good guys. So, like, Dark Order, whenever they're built up, will be something for Cody, the boxer, some other set of faces to overcome and be an obstacle. Nightmare Collective seems to be the main story going in the women's division, which yeah. I'm happy with. It's another women's, it's a women's division storyline that doesn't necessarily involve the title, but it might depend on what happens later. And then the, the other one, which is the Inner Circle. I actually think the Inner Circle still have that kind of cool factor. Yes, Jericho's blagging as much merch as he can, but I think... LAX, who I'm refusing to call KMP. Um, <laughs> tag team they're in there. Sammy Guevara has a really high ceiling. And whenever they get Jake Hager to actually wrestle, he's a decent wrestler. And they're doing the best thing in the world by keeping him off the mic and building that in this part of his character. So it's kind of 
Paul Heyman and him. Yeah. I do storylines of tie together or they'll establish in the monster factories to allow them to build bigger faces off the back of it. The problem is at the moment they don't have any of the faces. I think the faces are sitting ready to be pushed. Uh, but in order to push a face, you need to feed him heel or give him an adversary or give, give yeah. the audience something to invest something in him. To chase or something to overcome or yeah. Yeah, um, and maybe we'll get to like maybe we'll once we understand again what the Nightmare Collective is, it'll make more sense. But at the moment, it's it's just a little bit weird and a little bit straight for it. So there you go, more jobs for the boys. Yeah, it's just a little bit straight edge society for me at the moment. Um, yeah. So following that, we had Jungle Jungle Boy versus Chris Jericho. Um, the premise of this match was. Jericho said, you couldn't last 10 minutes with me. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we, we have a fairly decent back-and-forth match, and then about 90 seconds before the end, Jericho puts Jungle Boy in the walls. I like that. No, I, I do like it. It's, um, was it the walls or the land, Tamer? It, it started off as walls and then ended up, and ended up just sitting on him. It's the same thing. It's basically turned into Boston Crab at the end. Oh, um, he yeah. didn't do the knee in the back. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the... Lion that, tamer. Yeah, so he he didn't do that, but he just did the the stand-up Boston Crab and then a sick-down Boston Crab. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, just one thing to mention before that, um, Jungle Boy is the first person to do a lion salt on Chris Jericho. It's one of the few things that Chris Jericho is really good at, is like keeping things kind of safe. He's never ever let anybody hit a lion salt on him before. Really? He's rolled out of the way of people att- attempting it. He's never had anybody connect with it before and he's given it to this jungle to Jungle Boy. Wow. Um, which is a, 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 kind of a cool thing. Like he's trying to give him some form of rub along with letting him go like along with this he's gone the 10 minutes and he, he never never lost even when they added some time to it at the end. He didn't tap to the the walls of Jericho, and he managed to hit him with a lion salt. And it's just all these kind of things to try and give the kid a rub, which I think is brilliant. Like I'm not, I've said a couple of times, I'm not a fan of Jericho, but I think this is really good. I actually thought this match was good, and the way that they handled their post match stuff was great as well. Jericho, like the the bell rings, he goes outside, he screams in the face of the timekeeper that he wants five more minutes, um, goes back in the ring. Obviously, Jungle Boy's been in a, a submission hole for 90 seconds, so it looks like Jericho's going to get an easy victory. He then, uh, Jungle Boy counters a couple of things, does a couple of roll-up type things, just just puts Jericho on edge, and Jericho then just decides that he's going to leave. I do, yeah. I do like the whole leaving. He literally just walks out, doesn't even turn around, just walks out with a belt like, no, I've done it. It it's just good ring psychology and good and good storytelling. You can't you can't afford storytelling. I mean, yes, okay, we we you know we 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 spoke earlier on about how Jericho, you know, isn't what he was, but he fucking knows the business and yeah. he knows how to he knows how to get a story over if he's interested in it. Which I'm which I'm almost certain he is. Oh yeah, yeah. no, this whole thing he said he wants to do is put over a younger talent, get them over. So that's what he's doing at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think this was a really good way of doing it. And then, obviously, he gets interviewed by Tony Schiavone at the top of the ramp. Schiavone then um, says, well, 
you said that because um, you know, Jericho goes, oh, he couldn't beat me in 10 minutes and that's what this was all about. And then Scaroni goes, no, um, you said that he couldn't go for 10 minutes, last for 10 minutes with you. And he did. And he's like, and it was just like a yes, no, yes, no kind of back and forth. And then he did his whole WCW stick of shut up, Skiavone, <laughs> and then walks off, um, which is long-term storytelling if you kind of look at it in a kind of roundabout way because it's it was his something they used to say in WCW days. But yeah, I I genuinely like as much as I'm not a Jericho fan, I thought this whole thing was absolutely perfect. Um, it did exactly what it needed to do. It got Jungle gave Jungle Boy the rub. Um, Chris Jericho looks like more of a dick, which he needs to as the top heel in the company. And it was just yeah, a pretty perfect segment as far as I'm concerned. Anyone else got anything to add? Spot on. You covered it off. I'm fine with it. So we then had the number one contenders match between Britt Baker and Chris Statlander. Um, quick question. Is Chris Statlander supposed to be an alien? Yeah, that's our whole gimmick. Because I kind of I turned I turned the volume on to like try and work out what was going on at the end of the match because I don't want to listen to the commentary because I'm yeah. not interested in the commentary. But I turned the volume on after the match and they were trying to... In- uh, somebody was interviewing... Oh, Shavoni again came down to interview Chris Statlander and she tried to do the ET thing where she just put a finger on his nose. Yeah, so that's like that. The whole her whole gimmick is that she's an alien and that's how they communicate. So it's why she does that crazy spot where she does like cartwheel around people in the match. And then right, okay. uh, that's sort of how they communicate from her gimmick, I believe. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Sure, yeah. why not? Fuck it. It's it's fairly funny. I thought her finisher is fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, this, like, I, I can't even really describe it properly. It's it's a pile driver, but with your hands over the top of the legs and just... Yeah, so it's like a tombstone, but she hooks the legs yeah. under her arms instead of up around her neck. Oh, and I saw that. Yeah. It just looks fucking brutal. Um, um, I, I, yeah, I think Chris Atlander is possibly either her or Britt Baker's. No, sorry, B Priestley's tag partner. That I can't remember the name of right now. Fucking Jamie dentist. What was? Say Jamie that again. Hater. Yeah, Jamie Hayter. I think Jamie Hayter and Chris Atlander are probably the two best wrestlers that they've got at the moment. If they sign, if they sign Mercedes Martinez. She'd be up there as well, but they're now starting to get some really good in-ring women. I think Britt Baker's kind of been a little bit exposed by wrestling every week that she's still got a way to go, but she's only been wrestling for three years, so that's completely understandable. Statlander? Well, Statlander doesn't look like she's been wrestling for three three years. She looks like she's been wrestling for ten years. She's uh, another Kurt Hawkins trained one. Her MJF and that weird tag team, the Silver, the Beaver Boys. Those four and someone else were all trained by Kurt Hawkins at Critiper. Well, he's done a really good job. Um, Kurt Hawkins is a fucking good trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Chris Statlander wins the match. She's now number one contender. Um, when Tony Schiavone is trying to interview Statlander, Brandy Rhodes comes out to try and find out whether Chris Statlander is going to join the Dark Order or not. Um, she rejects that and then gets hit by Baker and, yeah, just shenanigans. Yeah, it's basically just building up to a potential Statlander Kong match, which will be a hell of a horse fight. Um, yeah. Whatever happens, doesn't it? Yeah, and then obviously we 
finish the night with the AEW Tag Championship match between the Young Bucks and SCU. I was surprised at the result of this, but like you're saying, um, it's trying to keep SCU looking strong. It's just building on that again. I thought it was quite a good match. Was it? Yeah, and uh, yeah, SCU defeat the the Young Bucks. Um, Dark Order came down, and we had the shenanigans with the worked punches. But so we had the Dark Order came out with two guys who they initiated. Yeah, so it was the Beaver Boys. Uh, it was John Silver and whatever his partner's called. I forget his name at the minute. So they came out with those two. And then like some of the minions swarmed the ring. And then Dustin comes down, swarmed the yeah. ring. Cody comes down. Kenny eventually comes out and Kenny gets a bit of offense in. And at the end, it's just like basically the elite. Minus, I don't think Hangman ever comes down, does he? No. Oh. And the commentary. Commentary team mentioned that as well, so they they mentioned that Hangman Page didn't come down to help the. Mm. Obviously, he said on one of the being elites a couple of weeks ago he was taking a break from the elite, so I think that was just more on camera visibility for those that don't watch the elite. Oh, something's up there, but it ends up with like fifteen blokes in the ring just battering the fuck out of those Mm -hmm. guys, Um, and the Dark Order reigns supreme at the end. And as I said in the the DMs, it just felt like a weird mid-season cliffhanger because there is that two-week break and now there's nothing from AEW until the first. It's that weird, oh, oh, what's going to happen? But they they really do need to kick off with an absolute banger on the front. They've got got a couple of big matches on it, haven't they? Um, There's a woman's title match between Uh, Statlander and Rio. uh, Moxley... Has to give his answer to Jericho or something. Oh, but yeah, yeah he's joining yeah. in the circle. Yeah. And MJF is going to announce yeah. the stipulation for his Cody match. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of other things that happen, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But it does look like it's going to be a big show to kind of kick the year off. And obviously, they've they'll their rankings are reset now, which yeah. is why they've got number one contenders or they've had matches this week for titles, so that we can then everything is reset and they're starting again from scratch in January and they'll have to then start building new storylines and new yeah. new people on unbeaten runs to try and get title pictures. Cool. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a really good episode of AEW this week. Um, there wasn't anything that I can criticise. I think there was a right amount of both promos and matches and there was actually some storytelling, which is you know, the the kind of thing that I've been crit- critical of. So, yeah, um, AEW, positive for me this week. Uh, let's move on to NXT. We might have to whiz through NXT. As much as it was fantastic, we might have to whiz through it because we'll, we've been going a while. Yeah, we'll do what we can. So, obviously, NXT kicks off with Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Um, absolutely cracking match yeah. for the 15 minutes, that it, 15, 20 minutes that it got. Um Rather than going through the entire thing, if we're short on time, uh, Adam Cole and Finn Balor, really good match. As Finn had looked like he had Adam Cole all sealed up for the win, um, he was going for the 1916 when Johnny Gargano comes to the top of the ring. The crowd kind of makes that murmur as somebody kind of walks to the ring, which distracts Balor. He looks at, um, at he Gargano. Looks Titan trying to seize him, yeah. And then... Uh, the referee kind of tells Gargano to go away as the referee's doing that. Cole comes through, punches him in the bollocks, 
and gets the one, two, three on Finn Balor. It was a last shot, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Bo- Bollocks run off the rope, last shot. I love yeah. how the last shot isn't necessarily a finisher. It's uh it's a quick finish. It's uh if I can get a pin on him really quickly straight after I've hit it, then I'll get a win. It's not necessarily like it's it's more of a signature, I'd guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and it, it the only time it ever wins is if something else has been done earlier. Like, yeah. Because the um, Panama Sunrise takes a lot of setup and stuff, doesn't it? So it, it, it makes total sense to have a secondary move that you can use. Yeah. And and then obviously post match, uh, Gargano comes in and starts wailing on Balor with a chair. He fucks him up. My God. You, uh, there, there's, there's one chair shot that's really close to the camera and you can, you feel that chair shot, don't you? Jesus. Yeah. And it obviously Balor scor- scarpers from the ring. Um, and we're clearly building back to Johnny Gargano versus. Finn Balor, which we supposed to get at TakeOver, but obviously we couldn't, um, which I can't wait for because... It won't be a I, World's Collide, will it? No. It'll be, be on an NXT TV show then. It'll either be on TV show, which is great in itself, or they'll try and drag it out. They've got a TakeOver in February, I think. Oh, yeah. Memory serves. I think they've got a TakeOver in February. Oh, that's what they've, got, they, they've got an independent TakeOver, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they're not doing it at the Rumble. They're doing it in February, and then there will be one after Mania, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Yeah, so following this, we had Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Obviously, it's a continuation of the, the triple threat between them and um, Pete, uh, Pete Dunne. Um, and obviously, Priest was supposed to face Dane, but couldn't because of his broken ribs. So Dunne did. Dane beat Dunne, therefore. And now we're having the, the Killian Dane versus Damian Priest kind of match. Really good. Uh, really enjoyed yeah. this. Re- considering it's, it's kind of just a, a mid-card story match. Uh, really good match, and Damien Priest gets the win, which kind of leaves that three-way story as they're going to have to have either another triple threat or Priest is going to have to be pushed now because it's Dane gonna, it's going to be triple threat for the North Priest American, versus the beat Dane and Dunn obviously won the triple threat, but then lost to Dane. So. I assume they're they're going to keep continue this kind of three way story, but or they could have they could have a four way with um, a four way with Roderick Strong for the for North American title. Yeah, that's also possible. I reckon that'd be a really good match. All four of them in a match would be fucking awesome. It can be a bit of a cluster four ways, but I prefer them to a triple threat because there's always that one man left over in a triple threat. Like, hi, what do I do now? But yeah, could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, following this, we had Kushida versus Cameron Grimes. Um, I really like this. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, my, it's been my favourite Kushida match since he's joined NXT, that's for sure. Because I've always been a bit unsure on Kushida because I've not seen much of his... I didn't see much of his Japan work. I'd heard he was very good. But this is the first match where I've said, okay, I, okay, I get it with Kushida now. He's fucking good. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial probably now, but I think Kushida is doing a Shinsuke Nakamura. I think he's he's done his brilliant wrestling, hard-hitting, horrible stuff, and he's now just in America for a payday. Well, it's, well, it's a different style of wrestling, though. You, ca- you can't do the Japanese-style wrestling. It, there's a specific style. WWE has a style. NXT, NXT has a slightly warped version of that style, but you can't go into NXT and do a and do a New Japan match. You just can't. They won't know it. But also, you can learn the American style and put on good American style matches. But I don't think that's what Kashida's doing. I think Kashida is coming for a payday, and I think 
he might decide to learn the 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 American style, but at the moment it very much looks to me, having watched all the matches, I'd agree. I think this is probably his best match so far. But having looked at the rest of the matches that he's had in NXT, he's not looked interested in doing anything other than working his way to the hoverboard lock or working his way to his loss. So, Kushida was signed based on the idea that WWE were going to open up NXT Japan. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to do that, is it? They can't do it because they were trying to... It's like in the UK, which promotion is it they work with in the UK? Progress. Yeah, so they had Progress in the UK, which helped them a lot, but they couldn't get one in Japan. They approached several of the promotions and all of them basically went, fuck off America, <laughs> um, and wouldn't sell. So that sort of put the backburn on it. I don't think Kushida has regressed, I guess, um, as badly as what Nak has. I think Kushida just hasn't been put into a story that's going to highlight him yet. But the minute he's in this sort of weird three-way feud with him, Grimes, and fuck, I can't remember the other boy's name, and the guy that Grimes attacked, uh, Montana or something, Uh, whatever, one of the other wrestlers he attacked. I didn't want to just say one of the other such such wrestlers was bad, but once Kishida's put into a good storyline with a solid technical wrestler who can go at pace as well, I think he'll be up there. I'm not sure Grimes is the best guy long-term, and they just sort of need to put him in a feud with someone while he gets used to wrestling American style, as you say, Chris, rather than like bumping on his neck every fucking three. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, you, you're probably right. I think Cameron Grimes probably isn't the best person to, to put him with for that because as much as he's looked good in the few matches he's had since they've been on the network, it's all been short matches um, where Grimes has either managed to hit his double stomp, whatever they're calling that, um, pretty quickly, or he's he's gone on to lose any sort of longer matches. He's definitely still a work in progress, but Cameron Grimes is is uh, yeah is somebody that's still a work in progress. Whereas yeah, we haven't really seen Kashida fight anybody good at wrestling apart from Walter, and with all the will in the world, Kashida is not used to wrestling a Walter style wrestler. He would I mean, need someone like Pete Dunn. I think I'd love or to see Tyler Bate. Bate again. What was it? I know Ricochet's main roster, but Ricochet Kushida had some good matches in New Japan. That's the sort of guy he needs to be fighting. Someone that's really high flying. Him and Will Ospreay had a cracking back and forth series. If he's haven't seen it, um, in for New Japan, their matches were fucking fantastic. Fair enough. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what they do with Kushida next year. Um, I think by the end of next year, we'll be able to judge whether he is just here for a payday. But that's my personal opinion at the moment, and I'll I'll, I'll be happy I'll be happy if that that gets changed next year, and it turns out he's he's a lot better. I just don't like the shitty Back to the Future gimmick. That's that's all him. That's like his gimmick. He had that in New Japan as well. He's like it's, a it's... massive Back to the Future fan. So his tag team he had with Alex Shelley of the Motorcycle Machine Guns were called the Time Splitters. So okay. like, he's just a huge nerd for that. Uh, that game, yeah. I love Time Splitters. That game was fucking awesome. But yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Time Splitters and Back to the Future and stuff. He's just a huge yeah. nerd for that sort of stuff. So um, he could have great matches with Leo Rush, actually, thinking about it, because Leo can flip any flop. Yeah, there's a few guys down there that can do that. So 
it'd be interesting to see what he does. But yeah, um, I wouldn't mind him going into the two hundred five. Well, not not the TV show, but the title, the that yeah. title picture with yeah. Leo Rush, um, Angel Garza, and a few of the other guys that sort of could go into that. I think I'd like to see him do that. Uh, anyway, so that match was followed up by the Io Shirai Santana Garrett match, where obviously as Io Shirai was told on the way into the ring, somebody said, go back to China. And she responded with, I'm Japanese bitch and did her splits. Um, and yeah, uh, it was, this was a pretty good match. Io Shirai, they kept saying, now I did have the commentary on for a little bit of this and they kept saying that she'd had seven of the match of the year con- candidates for NXT this year. Um, which just kind of puts over that she is certainly one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, which absolutely you can't mm. argue with. Like, um, I think she's been great in pretty much every. Like, she was a bit part in the war game story and still managed to put on a great display. Um, I just think she's had a really good year, and if it wasn't for Rhea Ripley being a thing, I think she'd be my favorite woman this year. I think she's going to be the one that really ends up feuding with when Baszler fucks off the main roster. And it, it makes total sense because the only reason that Io didn't get pushed back to the top of the card when she turned heel was because the last match that she had with Baszler was under the stipulation that if she lost, she couldn't face Baszler for the title again. So that's why she was, like, even though she'd gone heel and changed the character, she couldn't go back into the title picture. So now we'll see her injected into the title. Now that Rhea Rhea is the title picture, the title holder instead, she can now go back into the title picture. Good God. Whether they they do it for this come and take over in February or whether they leave that for WrestleMania, personally, I'd prefer if they did somebody else now, built Io a bit more and have Io versus Rhea at Mania weekend. That would be my personal preference, but Whatever they do, I assure you, it's going to be. I may be into it just because obviously she betrayed Team Rhea and stuff like that. It's yeah, like I, I think that's what they are, but I think that's what they wanted to build to. Obviously, Dakota Kai with the injury that she suffered last week, we don't know when she's going to be cleared because yeah. she had staples in the back of her head. Um, so I think that was pr- probably the plan for um, Rhea's first title defense, but we'll wait and see now whether she gets yeah. cleared quick enough. But yeah, so Ayush arrived, uh, defeats Santana Garrett, um, who, as we said earlier, Santana Garrett is like a Cassius owner. She's basically a, a trainer and gatekeeper kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I thought this was quite a good good match. I think even like Ayush Rai, the the couple of matches that she's had that haven't been massively great, she still managed to drag good matches out of bad wrestlers. She fought Aaliyah earlier in the year and managed to get a half-decent match out of Aaliyah. She fought Tayanara Conti maybe four or five weeks ago and managed to get a, a half-decent match out of her. And again, she's Jesus. somebody like Aaliyah who needs a lot of work. Um, yeah, I, I just think Shirai is, is probably one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now. And this was just another example of that. Um, yeah. Following that match, we had the Worlds Collide preview again. So they had, I think we had one last week, and we've got Pete Dunn versus Travis Banks this week. Really? Um, do, do I remember? Was Travis Banks busted open at some point in this match? I got fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I again really enjoyed this match. Um, Pete Dunn managed to get the win because obviously, until Worlds Collide, I don't think we're going to have the 
the NXT UK stars going over. But um, for last week though, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think Banks won his match last week. Did he fight last week? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I th- I'm almost certain he beat someone. He beat uh, one of the Forgotten Sons, didn't he? Oh yeah, that doesn't fucking count, yeah. does it? Yeah, no, you're right. You did. Jackson okay. Ryder. Yeah. It wasn't Jackson Riker. It was it was one of the smaller guys, but yeah. I couldn't tell you what his name was. But yeah, you think Ryder instead of Riker. Yeah, brilliant. Um, but yeah, uh, so and again, another good match. It wasn't particularly long, but it was it was more to showcase that um, Banks can go. And I assume it was to make sure that you're aware that Pete Dunne is not NXT UK, but he's NXT for this yeah. upcoming tournament in uh, is it is it the same weekend as the rumble as far as i know it is it's replacing the takeover for to rumble it would make sense for that to be the case i don't um, fucking like that i'd but, rather have the takeover to be honest but yeah, trying to build up like will don be completely loyal to nxt over nxt uk and stuff trying to build a bit of storyline into what is yeah. like glorified like friendly for lack of better terms friendly yeah well that's what it is kind of yeah, i guess yeah yeah. in terms it's it's a friendly it's like you're going and playing your b team it's a pre-season tour <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean it's uh, bring the b team reserve boys over it's the team liverpool played against villa <laughs> you know I mean? let the kids play as well yeah yeah but yeah so that was that um, and then obviously we ended the night with my tv match of the year Shayna Vaisler versus Rhea ripley um You've got a I, hard on for Rhea. Like. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got a massive hard on for Rhea Ripley, but it, this was a, an absolutely phenomenal match. Like, I don't, I don't, like, what can you say bad about this match? Oh, nothing bad to say. It, it, it's up there with one of the... I don't say it's match of the year, but it's up there with one of the best. It's a TV match of the year. I'm not okay, about TV match of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, I could put it in the TV, TV match of the year category. Um, I can't really think of any others, but we'll, we'll do an award ceremony sometime next week, so we'll, we'll figure uh, it out. I don't think it'll be next week. I think it'll be the week after. I think it'll be the first one in January. Are we? Just, are we? Are we even recording next week? I don't know because certainly me and Jack aren't. Oh, I'm not fucking doing it then. No, oh, no, it's not bother. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that anything's going to happen on three pre-recorded shows on WWE and no AEW. So, no, yeah, no, 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 we're getting distracted. No, it was a, it was a fantastic match. And, and a bit of a bit of the knowledge. Did you know that the person who helped them get that finisher off was Cesaro? I did. Cesaro. I read it. Yeah, because yeah, you read read it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the PC apparently that Shayna Baszler and uh, Rhea Ripley were trying out ways to do that finisher, the pump handle off the second rope, and Cesaro managed to get them to get it. Uh, he sort of made it fit in with the story and with the, with, how, with how they were working it all out. So GG Cesaro, good boy. Ace, yeah. Like, I'm not going to go into any detail. I just think it was a, an incredible match. There was loads of great spots, and then I think the fact that um, Rhea Ripley's the first person to properly get out of this Carafuda clutch or whatever she's calling it, um, and be in it for a while and get out of it, and then get dragged back into it and get out of it again. And then managed to get a win. Obviously, we had Bianca Belair get out of it once and then just get straight back into it and, and die for it and then didn't really do anything. Rhea Ripley faced Shayna Baszler on the last NXT show that wasn't on the USA Network. And I believe it was a no contest. I can't remember why. Rhea was, was up to win, and I think... I think um... 
Shafir, the other two went and beat him up. Shafir and Duke might have come in. Yeah, that might be right. But yeah, it's like 17 weeks ago. But since then, the the overarching story for NXT has been this Rhea Ripley going for this title. And um, in that time, the list of people that Ripley has pinned is just absolutely unreal. Um, they're they're going to push her to the fucking moon now with this. Well, the, the, the thing I want to say is nobody has said that she's been Roman Reigns to fight the fact that she's pinned, I believe, 15 wrestlers. In no, but she's likable. Definitely she's likable. And, and to be honest, her character's believable because she's a big fucking strong person who has an attitude that, 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 that fits in with her character. She dresses in the way that would fit her character. She is her character. And it's perfect. And that's my point is that if you write it well, you can still have somebody win of lots of a lot of matches and have the crowd cheer for her. And that's what's happened here. They've done a really good long piece of story. Like people criticize WWE for not doing long term storytelling. Well, this is 17, 17 weeks of TV has led to this moment. And it's all been but like I criticized the war game stuff. I didn't like that they, they crammed it into the war games, but they managed to work that and the Survivor Series around this story and still have this as the outcome of us finally getting a baby. I know Rhea Ripley's kind of like a hard-ass baby face. She's not a true kind of white meat baby face like a Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 was, but she's still a baby face and she's gone over the heel and it's it's perfect storytelling. Or as close to it as you're going to get in WWE. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I can't wait that Dakota Kai beats her by Taser. <laughs> taser? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cattle prod. <laughs> yeah, I'm referencing how Goldberg lost in WCW. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't watch WCW. <laughs> Fucking WCW marks. On right. yeah. Swine. Are we done, ladies and gentlemen? Because I need yeah. to leave. <laughs> I mean, no, it's a Christmas episode. Let's do a quiz. No, it's fine. Let's let's be gone. Oh, <laughs> I will punch you through the monitor. <laughs> I think we're good. Also, last thought I just had there. Sorry. Um, it's interesting how, if you look at the first NXT and AEW that went live against each other, yeah, the last before yeah. Christmas. They flipped roles to where this NXT had barely any backstage stuff. It was match, 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 match. Yeah. AEW was at the start. Interesting. The thing. And it's interesting that AEW got a little bit of backlash for not having story. And that NXT show, including me, is getting praised because it was fantastic. Hmm. I think that's a really interesting thought to take away. I, I just, uh, on that, I think the issue with NXT, with AEW is. We didn't understand what was going on in a in AEW as people outside of the being the elite and all that stuff. I didn't know why it was just wrestling, 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 wrestling. I can see the point behind some of the matches on this card. Obviously, Bala and Cole had been built to. Cameron Grimes and Kushida had been built to. Yeah, Dane, Dane and Priest had been built to, and Ripley versus. Um, Baszler. Baszler had yeah. been built to. The other two hadn't, but those matches had all been built to. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. In effect, in effect, basically, that there was no need for the uh, for, for any sort of promo stuff or segment segmented stuff because it was the culmination of everything that had been going on, apart from the filler matches in between. But you know, everything had a, an, it was an end point to a lot of stories, or may or maybe at a point you know where you could put a stamp on it and go right, move on to next week and let let let's have last week deal with the um the wrestling and move on with. Yeah. Promos maybe next week. Who knows? I was going to say, I imagine next week will be fairly promo heavy because we've yeah. tied off at the end of a lot of stories. It was filmed on a smack. It was filmed after SmackDown. I think NXT. I think was filmed after SmackDown because because it had NXT, it had NXT stuff with the SmackDown background. It wasn't though because it was in full sale. Was it okay? Fine. Sorry, it's, I just figured. So um, just on that next week's we've, NXT, this we've week. we've mentioned um, the full sale thing. WWE have a contract that says NXT has to be in full sale until March of next year. Now, there's no confirmation of this, but it looks like they're going to take it on the road like AEW do from March next year. When are you in Florida? May. <laughs> That's a mistake, by the way. I think it's a mistake. I think yeah, they I need agree. To, I think they should be staying in full sale, but I believe they're, the, the plans at the moment are once their contract with full sale is up, which is in sometime in March... They're going to take it on the road. Make it a mecca, a place, a haven. Go, go, okay. Full sell is NXT. Keep it there. That just, that, that just to me makes the most sense. But, you know, it's a cash cow at the moment. NXT is a hot thing. It's money. Taking it to put, taking it to full, uh, to bigger, to bigger venues, taking it around the country, around the world. I can see why I don't like it, but the amount of money it must generate WWE must be staggering. In comparison yeah. to staying in a venue. Although we love, but it's only like what five six hundred seater in it, something like that. Yeah, I think it's less than six hundred seats, yeah. and that's that, like that's the issue is they're going to go to these five to six thousand venues where AEW are going, and I think they'll probably have the same issue as AEW. They'll fill it out for three or four weeks, and then they'll have two thousand, three thousand people in a six thousand seater arena, and have to move them around and manipulate the cameras. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I believe that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, so uh, if you use code BADBOOKERS with PowerSlam, you get a free month. Uh, if you do want to support the uh, the show and you do enjoy it, please uh, head over to patreon.com slash BADBOOKERS. Um, nothing is expected, but if you do want to support us in any way, please feel free to. If you don't, then don't. You know, come at me, blame Smoothman, whatever you want to do. Just, just blame Smoothman yeah. for everything. We do anyway. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at BadBookersWP. And other than that, have a very merry fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas, you bastards. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to end the fucking pod. Nice one. <laughs> Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.